I'm scared to look at that game in handheld mode given how it runs normally. I see, like, that's the thing. It's like, I love seeing how games run in handheld mode because I think that it's very funny sometimes. <laughs> like, I played a lot of... Zoomblade Chronicles of two. 2, 2 in handheld mode. Even, yeah. in, even in early game was just... It's like... Is it even 480p? I, I think oh. it might be a little lower. Yeah, it Ooh. might be like 376 or something. Like, it, like even docked, I've seen some stuff for XC3 that's just, ooh, ooh, that's bad. That's not even video compression either. No, they're actually just downsizing those fucking assets to make this work. <laughs> it's a very demanding game running on the Switch. It's very impressive. Yeah. Switch. Yeah. Poor, poor Switch. Yeah, it's the game is... they thought that they would launch with, like, a Switch 2 or something. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that, you could hear that console screaming bloody murder. Like, I guarantee if you, like, you feel the top of your Switch, like, the heat coming out of that little vent would be wild. One of I the was... first things, one of the first things I read before I had actually played it, but when it launched, was, mm-hmm. hey, some people's Switches are resetting when playing this game docked, and I'm like, cool. Oh, that's good. Cheapers. Oh, I don't my... know how widespread that was. My... My PS4 sits close to like curtains that are closed on a window, oh, and yeah. I was I, and uh, the last couple of days I played a bit of uh, Tales of Arise, mm-hmm. and um, when that thing is going, it, for one, my PS4 sounds like a jet taking off, but I can <laughs> see I can see my curtains swaying with the air coming off of the PS4. It's blowing. <laughs> it's throwing that much hot air out. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say you could see see like the heat vapors like distorting. <laughs> no, I can see it just like blowing the curtains. Oh, like holy, like you like you've got like a fucking oscillating fan sitting there or something. Like no, nah, it's it's really going back there, ain't it? Oof. <laughs> Sometimes these games are not are not uh, are a little more demanding than the consoles are uh, maybe specced for. <laughs> The console generations are so long now. I know. Well, the PS5 came out like almost two years ago now. Well, that, that doesn't make sense. Really? Uh, I haven't seen one. Was it 20? I think it was 2020. It definitely wasn't last year. Who can even say? Because nobody has one. I mean, we would never There's even that. know. Yeah, so get ready for this gen to be like, if it's already like about two years, like, when are we talking like a 10 year generation again? I. Man. I even want. I wonder. I just really wonder. Anyway, who cares about consoles? Consoles are stupid. Nobody, nobody likes them. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Soxcast episode one hundred and fifty-nine. And hey, this week, big milestone coming up on the twenty-fourth. We'll have been doing this for eight years. Oh my God! Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah our first was, episode uh, was august 24th 2014 we uh, recorded it a few days earlier but that was when we first that was when we first launched in 2014 into the world yeah i i was thinking we're not that far off from being able to have like a list of 10 game of the years yeah and rank our game of the years and then rank the games of the we, we'll do that after the 10th one. Oh fuck that's good that's really choice actually yeah yeah, we'll is there that. there is not an easy list of what games we pick. Well, there's there? a real easy thing that we can do, and then that Homestuck is not a video game, so we can toss <laughs> that just right out the window. And John's nine. Yeah, we've got ten, and 
<laughs> I did that one year, right? Just pick nine? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, but, just, uh, but the number one still counted. Your number one is disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was my number two that year? Well, that's something you'll have we'll, to find out later. We'll find oh. out. We'll find out in the future when. Oh, we actually, I think it was, it was Shovel Knight this year. Oh yeah, it was Shovel Knight. It was Shovel Knight. I think it was, I think it was Shovel Knight. Um, specifically, Specter of Torment. Yeah, Specter of Torment. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, I, I, have very, I have very strong opinions about the relative merits of the four different Shovel Knight expansions, and we don't want to hear a single fucking one of them. All right, well, the, I, am I the only one? I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that played all of them. I, yeah, I played everything but the King of Cards. Yeah. Okay. Even so, though yeah, Red is the only one that played all of them, you're the one that liked Spectre. I'm the one that play, kept going after it, anyways. I thought Spectre of Torment was fine. I thought King of Cards was fine and Spectre was kind of mid. I, do. I saw somebody post a real funny word, a funny video about how mid is such a dumb word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just because it's like new slang. That's yeah, it's new slang and everybody runs like it into the ground and everybody likes to use it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. But hey, hey everybody! Welcome to a show. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to start first. I, I want to start that episode. Uh, a serious moment. Um, for those that were here uh, for our last episode and those that downloaded it, I would like to issue an apology. Uh, if you listened to that episode, you may have noticed that I was pretty checked out uh, during that episode. Uh, just mentally and physically, I was exhausted from dealing with a month of just a lot of personal stuff. Uh, just a lot of anxiety. I was trying to get in check and I, you know, gotten to a point of where I was doing that, but I was, you know, still really mentally and physically tired from dealing with all that. So rather than pushing the episode, I knew that like, oh, well, like Rhett and John have all this stuff they want to talk about. And, you know, so even if I don't participate, you know, it's not a big deal, but I, I, I that episode came off like I was just really disinterested and kind of shitty and, um, I, and I know a lot of people would say, oh, you you don't need to apologize for that. But I do because I am the very first person that will always say that if something isn't fun, uh, I'm not going to do it. Uh, and I did it anyway. Um, and I didn't really, uh, you know, my, my head wasn't in the game and I didn't really live up to my own kind of standards there with regards to uh, the way that we should pre present ourselves and the way that we should we should engage with things that we do for fun online. So apologies for the bad episode. That will never, ever happen again. If I've even got an inkling that like an episode isn't going to go well, I'm going to just call it off. So yeah, yeah, that will never happen again. So again, sincerest Thanks, apologies Ollie. for that. Hey. Lots of love. Thanks Lots of love. love all around. But yeah, just wanted to get that out there. Uh, felt real bad about that. So it'll never happen Beepers again. Says, Polly apologizes for being mid last episode. I deserve that. <laughs> I'll take it. I deserve that shit. <laughs> Apologizing when you were, you know, not in the great mindset. That's pretty based. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, me, me and Red are like the worst people to be using these words because we are the ones that sound like old head ass people oh, using yeah. them. Hey, you know what? I, I realized I why you sound old using using slang. <laughs> Can't okay. be that you are old. No, it couldn't be. Okay, if I'm wrong, seeing kids use blorbo, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> I'm not joking on that one. Blorbo. 
Blurbo is like the new kin character. Oh, jeez. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, that's the job. I Googled it. It just refers to when you see a new character become really popular on the dashboard, you don't know who they are. Oh, really? So it's kind of like, like, okay, so like Homer what's, on my feed. What's, what's Scramblo then? Scramblo, no is, Scramblo is like random old video game characters that people, because people, oh, that, the joke, the joke with that one was, um, Nintendo fans, when they announce the new Smash character, and it isn't Scrimblo Bimblo. Oh, <laughs> oh right. Right. So Scrimblo okay. is an obscure video game character people are weirdly invested in. And apparently, right. Borbo is, represents every rando character you keep seeing on your dashboard, Not celebrated right. in painfully sincere terms by some quasi-stranger. Rhett, you retweet a lot of Borbos, you my do. friend. You do. You actually do. So the scrimblo thing, I think the guy that and like that coined that phrase actually also like a bunch of people reported him and he got banned from Twitter for it. Oh god. What the fuck? Yeah. Nintendo fans. Nintendo fans are kind of stupid. Nintendo fans when you make fun of them for loving scrimblo bimblo. Yeah. Like it was apparently so, like they tried to say it was a slur. Like they were they said like you're referring to our characters as slurs now. It's like <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> But yeah, the dude that coined that term apparently got banned from Twitter for it. I don't know if he ever wow. got his account back, but I do remember watching a stream and somebody saying, yeah, that guy got banned, and they showed the account. I was like, oh, oh what shit. A, what is happening on the internet? Nothing good. Nothing good. To my immediate virtual right, voted Mr. Excitement for the eighth straight year in a row. It's Red. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Going good. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. I bring that Mr. Excitement heat. Yeah, he is. Like he's new. We got like yep. it's eight times in a row, yeah. baby. We're cruising mm -hmm. into the ninth easy. Like he's just like he's looking <laughs> for the nine, Pete. Now versus how every episode starts, where you're like, "How you doing, Rat?" And I'm like, mm -hmm. "I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Ready for a podcast, Rat? It's always, it's always a really funny response to whatever fucking intro you come up with." Yeah, it works. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, no matter what I come up with, it's always going to get to be, yeah, that works. He fucks six waves from Tuesdays. <laughs> it's Rhett. Hi. Yeah. Doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready for a podcast, though. You're ready here. I am. You got your talking mouth on. Oh, let me switch you got your. Out. Well, you got your talking mouth in your bedroom mouth. That's what I have. I've got two of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So What's the difference between your talking mouth and your bedroom mouth? Put more, way more dicks in the bedroom mouth. Huh. Just saying. What? I'm like, yeah, oh, am I going to make up something? Oh, no, I eat hamburgers with the bedroom mouth. <laughs> Can't eat hamburgers in your bed. You get crumbs and grease all over the place. Oh, God. I remember, I remember... I, I, eating food in bed is, is, not, is not a good... No, strat. don't do it. I don't endorse it. Oh, I'm just thinking, oh, it's been a long time mm -hmm. since mm. I tried something indulgent like that. Yeah, like that's just no, no. Well, if my grapes and then even grapes, which seem like they're pretty tidy, will like leave little stemmy yeah. bits and I'll be like, uh. Like if somebody's idea, like if somebody ever stayed over with me and did breakfast, like tried to bring me breakfast and bread, I would take the fucking tray and throw it in their <laughs> face and be like, what the fuck are you trying to do? You fucking terrorist! 
If my TV faced my bed, I would live in there. <laughs> oh, no. It's the only, this is the power that this, that this, that this ideal has over Rhett and that he's just like living through sheer willpower of not doing that. Yeah. To my immediate virtual left, he's Cocaine's Dr. Seuss. It's John Thayer. That's me. It is. I always say. That's, that's your, your catchphrase. Between big hits of doctor of rhyming cocaine mm-hmm. yeah just you you do so much I'll cocaine take hits of anything that rhymes with cocaine that's why it's the dr seuss thing so yeah like propane red you what's do- something that rhymes with cocaine that would be funny to snort propane propane all right that's yeah, a good one. probably already had that'd it. be very lethal i would imagine I, well, not, that's you got to be a pro. You got to be a pro. Got to be like, look, if you are if you are cocaine's Dr. Seuss, I imagine you're probably OK with a little bit of propane. I'll break. I'll um, break. I'll bust up my PS1 disc and grind it to a fine powder and snort some Zidane. <laughs> I don't know that you want that Zidane. That's fucking fun. You would you would snort. If there was a video game so good that you could snort it like drugs, what would it be? What game is so good that you would like, you would act like, and you could get a high off of it? If you Rubble could Saver it. for the Game Boy. I feel like that. I feel like you get a weird one from that one. Right. You get a weird good high from that one. Uh, See, I have a game in mind for John, but it's something he'll probably be talking about on this episode. Okay. Um, <laughs> mine would be Space Giraffe. Oh, yeah. I would, yeah. Snort, I would snort the shit out of Space Giraffe. That is a psychedelic right there. Yep. Yep. I'll do it. The game is already classified as a drug. <laughs> yep. God, there's a lot of words that rhyme with with ain't with with ain't. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna continue that one. But mm. it, it, wow, it, so yeah. Hard. I mean, it could be your Travis bit. Like, it's not really funny, but we'll oh, go with no. It. You see, that's ex- see, that's exactly it. My brain was like, if I just keep doing that, that's a Travis bit. Travis <laughs> <laughs> you see, you went for you went for the Macquarie Doug, and I held back on making a joke about you being checked out of the podcast. Or oh like, shit, oh shit. I think I think that one would have been way funnier. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, other people podcasters are checked out for three years and they yeah. don't say anything. <laughs> I was checked out for one episode, and I like literally over here wanting to throw myself on the guillotine. Everybody else is just <laughs> like, "What? You find like no? You like Polly? You finally ascended. This is true podcastdom." <laughs> You're doing it right, finally. <laughs> you know what sucks? Mm. You know what really sucks mm. is that my bed. They announced they announced the next. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> but also they announced the next Taz campaign, and they um, it's going to be Justin DMing, and they specifically want it to be very irreverent and silly. Oh, and I'm no. like, no, that's like, going to no, be that, the most insufferable sounds- thing anybody has ever committed to tape. Holly, Holly, that sounds a lot better than what they've been doing because it's very extremely <laughs> serious monologue stuff oh oh so so that sounds a lot that sounds pretty good actually the the, the justin taz bonus episodes are like some of the best content uh, it's the perfect time to jump back in see uh, i never have been like six <clears throat> months clean see, i've just stayed <laughs> far i've just stayed so far away from that sphere of the last three years and i'm just like i'm just making jokes off of stuff that i hear through osmosis and say like, oh hey oh. travis travis bad okay that's my joke <laughs> Anyway, we got a podcast of our own to do. So why would we we talk about mediocre podcasts that literally nobody wants to listen to? (laughs) 
Who wants to go first? This is great professional energy. I'm sure, like, if, it, if this was a big podcast, this would go very over. This very would well. go over real well with the sponsors. Uh, anybody mm. that would be considered our contemporaries, like, who would uh, be? Who, who would our contemporaries be I feel anyway? Like this is punching who's, up. Who's good enough? Who's good enough to be our Oopsie. contemporaries? We accidentally started a fandom war. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next great Sox cast saga. The fandom war. We finally made it. All right. All four of our fans out there. I want you to get right. Don, I know you're listening. Get the pitchforks ready. We're going, we're going podcast hunting. I don't know what that I just means. saw Tom's comment that was sponsored by morning meat. Meat you can eat in bed. <laughs> All right, somebody talk about stuff, or do I talk about stuff? I'll go first. All right, John, okay. you talk about stuff. Um, I finished Kaguya-sama. Mm-hmm. Oh. So the third season of Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Um, for a good stretch of time, the most highly ranked show on myanimelist.net. <laughs> number one out of number one. Uh-huh. Uh, which checks out because this is, it is the best show ever, ever made. Mm-hmm. And I don't need anything else. And all I need is Kaguya-sama from now until the end of time because it's perfect, and I really loved it a lot. Um, the the whole show's so fucking funny. Still, I just I just laugh myself hoarse watching this show, just mm. not usual with comedy shows. Um, and then the best part is that they completely bring it home and have a legit, really satisfying ending. <laughs> like interesting. It, if this is the series finale, I will be at peace. They they set it up in such a way that they can keep it going. Uh-huh, of course, it, because and the mangas, you know, like they're like it's like a third into the manga, so they could keep it going forever. But if this was the series finale, I would be I would be leave very satisfied. Um, I'm I'm I don't I don't really need to dig into it much more mm. than that. Yeah, it's still just an outrageously funny show. Um, and I just. Loved every bit of it, and I'm real glad I went on that journey. And yep, just absolutely better than Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood by exactly one popularity unit, I think. Um, I've got another segment. We can do that one later. Um, the last several days, I went on, out of all things, I just went on a, a Super Nintendo binge. SNES is like yeah. when I was like well, I, we talked about it before the show, but like I I I I did a mod on my NES Mini where I put all the games on it, and then I was like, well, I can do that to my SNES Mini too because it's the same process. But then I was sitting there, I was like, what did I really play for NES like that I would want to go back and play though? Like I mean, <laughs> there's the, I mean, there's the big games obviously, but like I'm thinking like. I, I never I don't really have a lot of diamond in the rough SNES games that I would go back to. See, this is this is funny because my exact energy I was bringing in here was like for some reason I convinced myself that I didn't like the SNES very much, but the SNES is fucking great. Jeez, yeah, yeah it's hmm. kind of regarded as the best console ever in some circles. And I and because I, I'm surrounded by a bunch of NES heads and I'm surrounded by a bunch of Genesis heads, Polly's a big part of that. I've got other friends. Um, who have done a very good job of singing the praises of the other consoles. Um, mm-hmm. And and also a lot of friends with very nice, very earned, good, contrarian takes on beloved SNES classics. Like we, on this podcast, have dunked on Super Mario World. 
we've dunked on Super Castlevania 4 extensively. Yeah. Just play. I tried playing that game last year, and I was really bored and annoyed the whole time. Yeah. Um, like, the SNES is where kind of save, like, battery saves became a very normal thing, and they became a very normal thing for, like, action games. Yeah. So suddenly you have a bunch of platformers that are, instead of being, you know, like, something you can run through in an hour, they're suddenly, like, three hours long. And they have a bunch of collectibles. And you, instead of trying to clear them without dying or clear them in whatever fun challenge way you come up with, the goal is to clear them finding all 100% of the secrets. Um, and that resulted in a lot of kind of bad oh, yeah. approaches, mm. bad design paradigms that continue to this day. And in a lot of ways, you can look back and be like Mario World ruined video games forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's like I. You know what? I would proudly stand behind like like the, as a belief system or as just a belief that for, of this of this podcast and that Super Mario World destroyed video games. I think that like I would get behind that as as sort of our 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 creed. Certainly destroyed platformers. Yeah, absolutely. Play a, play a platformer now. Try to play a, a modern platformer that hasn't been poisoned. That at the at the at its core by collectathon bullshit. Yeah, I liked Hat in Time. Uh huh. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you know, I know this is fair. It's funny because I did like that ukulele game a lot. Mm-hmm. I did, I was, and I did have a lot of fun grabbing a lot of those extra coins. So <laughs> I, I played Donkey Kong Country two last year, and mm-hmm. I actually really liked it. I liked it a whole lot. It's my first time playing the whole. Oh hell yeah, DKC two, DKC one and two hold up really well. Yeah, I played I played them back to back, and I kind of had a really good time actually. Mm. It like sometimes but, sometimes you want the collectathon bullshit. Sometimes you want that good, you that want good it. good save point platform. Isn't DKC two the one where there's just one big coin in each level? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Big, like that's the most restrained collectible kind of thing, especially when you consider where Rare would go literally yeah, two years later. To, whoops! <laughs> oh, water went down. The <laughs> yeah, right. From the super restrained Donkey Kong Country two to uh, Banjo, and then DK sixty four. Like, okay, there's a point where you needed to stop, and it was a while ago. Yeah. So clearly. Super Nintendo ruined platformers. There isn't anything that's just like there aren't any games that are just like fun little short adventures like you'd have on the NES or Game Boy. Like mm. what's the where's the gimmicks? Like you you talk, talked about like I can just look down a list of of NES games that have like that exact energy. It's like just sit down, play through it, have a great time. Yeah. Like where and, and there and it's the non-canonized stuff, the stuff people don't talk about. You talk about gimmick, talk about Journey of Silius, talk about Hebereke, talk about any Sunsoft game. Yeah, like, like it's definitely like like it's something that definitely fell out of favor when when the uh, SNES rolled around. Because even the Genesis still had a lot of games with that energy. Genesis still has a lot of it. Oh. Game Boy has a ton oh, of it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can sit down with a Game Boy and play a ton of Metal Storms. You can mm-hmm. play a ton of Metal Storms on the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not locked into these handful of very long scoped canonized games. Yeah. I don't think that's really the case with the SNES either though. The SNES does have quite a few. I, I mean, just, so here's what I played in the past. I thought two, we were like, doing this days. segment later. <laughs> no, there's something else later. Okay. I thought like the SNES yeah. segment was later and then we just accidentally jumped into it. <laughs> uh-uh. No, okay. no. 
the other segments later. Okay. That's so why I'm doing the SNES one first. Okay. Okay. Oh, I think um, I, I think I know why. Uh-huh. So the last three days. Oh, I played... oh. <laughs> oh you want to bury it several hours deep into the podcast. <laughs> I want to bury it in such a way that people can dip and that not miss out on any of y'all's content. We can make that segment last if you want. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so I played Disney's Goof Troop, which I have. Mm. Aw. This is just a cute little game. Yeah, this it is. This is a cute little game. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I played it as a kid, and I think I got as far as level four. It's only mm. five stages. Oh, jeez. It's so cute. It's a block pushing uh, game that I like. Yeah, it, like it's very fun to play two player. Oh god, I just yeah. played a single player and I still had a ton of fun. And then the last couple stages, like it, it kind of grows some teeth in a nice way. So I, I got to the end and it was honestly very tense. I, I I beat the final boss on my last life, and I was like, oh shit, cool. It's still very easy, um, but like it's it's nicely balanced at being like a gentle kids game. I mm. think like you can do that. You can make a a short breezy kids game. Yeah. Um, that is just very good at being that. And I think this is that. Yeah. So I played that and it was just like, I don't remember why. I think it was just like, I didn't feel like sitting down with a long RPG or, or watching a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, uh, let's just play, let's just play Goof Troop. I think, <laughs> I, I think I'd heard something, heard, heard some, it came up on my feed like earlier in the week and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck it, let's play Goof Troop. Yeah. And then I looked down my list of SNES games that I wanted to play. I found out I had played four SNES games in four years. Oh, Ooh. my God. I played Contra 3. I cleared that. I played Super Me- Space Megaforce, Donkey Kong Country 2. Um, fuck. And one other one I can't even remember. That's <laughs> I played four Blaze- games in four years. Maybe it was Blazion. <laughs> Oh, so I finished Illusion of Gaia right yeah. after I moved in here. <gasps> and it's just like the poor forgotten one. Yeah, well, it's that's justified. Justified. Um, <laughs> it does not hold up to Skyblazer at all. Um Skyblazer or, or Soulblazer. Soul I get those two I, mixed up names. Also Skyblazer. Yeah, Skyblazer, also a very good platformer. Also a very good platformer. That without doesn't doesn't have passwords. You can do it in one sitting. It has passwords. Uh, sorry, I meant it doesn't have a save save yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I played Goof Trip and I had a good time. And then I played Maju O, um, which is a, um, Super Famicom platformer. It's translated in the fan translation I played as Rise of the Demon King. Rise of the Demon King. Yep. And this is, I looked at a long play. It's a half hour platformer. Yep. Oh, saves. I don't, I don't think this one even has passwords. Uh, I think it has a stage select. Um, and it's just like like six or seven punchy little stages. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with it and I played it for two hours and I beat it and I played it for another hour and I, and I cleared it in one go and it was a fucking great time. Yeah. That game so overlooked. It is such a gem. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's a fun action game. It has kind of some Castlevania energy and yeah. how you need to approach the enemies just like very considered, like, okay, you worry a lot about your spacing. You worry about, like if you just plow for, then you get then you get wrecked. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you just kind of think mm-hmm. it through. Um, and it also has is just soaked in this atmosphere that feels intensely like '90s Ova. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's all like gross. It's all like gross <laughs> demons. Yeah. And like 
people like tied like ladies tied up in the background it is leaning into this aesthetic so much it's really good i was like i want something all right let's just play some normal nice nest games and i played this and it felt like a dl site game i was like all right (laughs) i'm so brain poisoned i'm looking at a let's play right now and i'm Mm -hmm. like oh this is a modern game because he has a dodge roll (laughs) (laughs) yep this game seemed extremely hard at first, and that's because I didn't know about the dodge roll. Uh, for every other game, I looked at the controls. I just Googled the controls yeah, first just to make yeah. sure I didn't miss anything. Um, this does look really cool, though. Yeah, it is really good. And color. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. my God. The colors. Yeah, it's, so, it's just gorgeous. It's like, I don't think SNES games utilize the, the, that system's palette in the same way that that game does. Like, because it's really like that game has a really unique and interesting look. Mm-hmm. It was 1995, yep. which that's yeah, pretty late. Yeah, it's pretty late, and um, it just feels like a very they knew the mood they were going for, and they fucking yep. nail it. And it has a cute little story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cool the way that the final boss plays out. Um, like it's not just one phase and then phase two of the same boss. It's like two different entities, and the way it plays out is very cool. Yeah, some good ends and bad ends, and they have a good ending and a bad ending. It's just a cute thing, like. This is the kind like I can imagine playing something like this, buying it for like sixty bucks or something, and then being a little put out because again, I it was mm. basically over and done with in an afternoon. But when I'm just downloading a ROM in twenty twenty two, like this is it, like if I downloaded this and it was it was a freeware game, yeah, uh, like a modern freeware game, I would be screaming over about the it moon. for yeah, I would be screaming about it for the next year. Yeah. Um, and then I can just get experiences like that, jumping on these old consoles and just playing weird stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, this was just good as hell, had a cool mood. It just completely nailed what it's going for. So I, I love this. And then I followed it up and I like the next game like just as much. I played Magical Poppin'. Oh, that game's cute. It's so cute. Yeah, that game is that game's literal diabetes. Just like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Oh my god, it's so adorable. There's so many sprite details. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just the main character alone. She has, like, multiple animations for ducking, multiple animations being at the end of a- edge of a ledge. You slash her sword on a wall, and she bounces backward. If you fall from a big distance, then she does a little bounce on the ground when you land. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, like, textured. And then the- all the enemies mm-hmm. are really cute. There's a ton of music. There's a ton of... Um, cool a pretty gorgeous palettes gorgeous art yeah um it's it plays kind of like i think this is kind of how monster world plays where it's a linear stage where it's stages but there are multiple paths through the stages Mm. and you can kind of um um so it's not fully like an explorer a full explorer game um it's it's kind of in the middle in a way that i really really like Mm. Um, because you never are missing out on any like essential things like major like, upgrades or something. Yeah. Like there are some heart upgrades. Those are like the biggest possible ones. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of just currency for your spells. And if you miss that, that's okay. There's health upgrades. It, it's all feels there's extra lives. It all feels good to get. Um, cause it's all useful. Um, but if you miss it, that's fine. You're just going to the next stage anyway. Um, so it's a very nice balance where it feels where you're having fun exploring, but it doesn't feel like the 
collectathon mm-hmm. brain worms, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this one is like an hour and a half long, and it has no passwords and no save points, no saving. <laughs> so that's that was pretty. That's pretty funny, I think. Is it difficult? It looks it looks it looks easy, but you know, old games can be deceiving. Uh, I, I haven't um, once seeded yet. I oh, think. okay. I've, tri- I've had to try a couple times, and and I and I ran out of lives. Um, it's not. It's not that uh, somebody added me right after I started playing it. Like, oh, this one has really bad difficulty spikes. And I just I finished the whole game and I had no idea what she was referring to because mm. I just didn't hit one. Well, difficulty is uh, always going to kind of be subjective, yeah. Yeah. I suppose. There's a couple enemies where I was like, "Wait, what? How do I how do I fight this? How do I damage this?" And mm-hmm. then I just kind of fiddled around for a couple minutes and I was like, "Oh, this is how I damage this." Okay. So there's bosses where you have to think a little bit about how do you approach them. Yeah. Um, but then there's always I just fiddled around for a bit and then figured it out. Really, it was I thought it was satisfying. Um, and it has like a multi-stage final dungeon that's really, it has like four separate tracks that are dope final dungeon tracks. There's a big boss rush at the end, uh, but it's after like a big epic stage, so it feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, Majuo is a boss rush too at the very last stage, and I was almost disappointed, but it also, it still has a nice last stage yeah. before, right before that. Um, and it, it feels like it, it gave me Falcom tingles. Honestly. I can absolutely see that, yeah. Yeah, it, it gave me the vibes of like going on a full RPG journey. Um, and then that's the kind of the last bit, a really adorable thing about Magical Poppin, um, is that this absolutely inspired chorus. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. I didn't I didn't know. And then I, I played it and then Tom immediately added me, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I love this one. She, her little duck animation is just identical to it's, Yeah, it's I think I, I like I thought it was just like, oh, you just redrew that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just I was very delighted because I loved chorus. And then this was like gave me a very similar arc, um, just with like luxurious studio production values. Mm-hmm. Um basically exactly like chorus in every way. Um <laughs> So I, I just had a ton of fun with this. Um, and, and I thought it was part of Poppin' Twinbee because of the name Poppin'. Right. Um, oh. But I was completely mixing it up with the other <laughs> Poppin' platformer on the Super Famicom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, it has nothing to do with Poppin'. Um, so, yeah, this was, this was just really nice. And it, it I put, playing Majuo and Poppin' right back to back was just mm-hmm. like, holy fucking shit. These were really fucking good. Yeah. And I'm just looking at my list of other SNES games. Like there's a lot of other short action games, punchy action games on here that I just haven't touched. Um, I started run saver this morning. It's really fun. It's, it's extremely, extremely a, a strider. Yeah. Clone. Yeah. It, it's like Walmart brands, uh, Walmart brand strider. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel as um, strong to me as the other two, but yeah. I'm still having fun. Cause it turns out, Strider is really fucking good, and even yeah. Walmart Brand Strider is kind of Walmart Brand Strider, where you play as like a really cool looking sword lady with purple hair, mm-hmm. um, and that's still pretty. That's still pretty good, I think. Uh, I'll see how the end of the game treats me. It's it's harder than the other two, so I'm taking some more time with it. Mm. Uh, I put like Ghost Sweeper Mikami on the list, like you yeah, pointed out. That game is um, just but, a that's, that game's just a fun little run. Yeah, like I, I think there's. I think we get caught up. I, I, it makes sense to me that the ones that get canonized from that era are the ones like 
Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy, where they take up a lot of time. They're very beefy experiences. And when those uh, games came out during their time, they were literally revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense that the ones that stick in people's brains are the epic adventures. Um, and I can understand these games being a little disappointing. Like both Majuo and uh, Magical Poppin got mediocre reviews from yeah. Pemitsu. Yeah. I mean, did either of them come out in America? I no. think that's a much bigger thing for relevancy over here. That, yeah, also that. <laughs> Um, like, like people don't know Sin and Punishment because it didn't come out over here. That's just the first game that popped into my head is not localized. Yeah. Yeah. So. But now, now that we're in a world where we can just download these at a whim and literally if I can sit down and finish all of Majuo in one morning, that's not a bad thing. That is just this is exactly the kind of arc I want out of like freeware stuff mm-hmm. that I go to that stuff for. And there's so much of it on on Game Boy, on SNES, on NES, on Genesis. Makes me real happy. Mm-hmm. Makes me happy. Yeah, I, I just lo- I lost touch for a little while, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm you feeling got your roots, your heritage, <laughs> my roots of playing fucking Super Nintendo games. I I went and made a I made that list, and then I think I figured out every game I actually beat on console as a kid, Jeez. and I think it was Crown Trigger, Aladdin, Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. TMNT4, Mega Man X, and that might be it, because <laughs> I didn't beat Super Metroid, I didn't beat Link to the Past, oh, I, beat Mario, I beat Mario World, um, I think that was maybe I, the I, one. I just went into shock at the phrase, I didn't beat Super Metroid, because like, the ending is yeah. like, yeah. everything. Yeah. Super Metroid freaked me out as a kid, I didn't like playing it alone, <laughs> um, but I... So I got through like Final Fantasy IV, Link to the Past, and Super Metroid on an emulator at like age ten or eleven with save states right. and game facts, um, and then I came back came back to them later. So it was, it was a very different, it was a very weird specific arc mm-hmm. of discovering emulators very young, but also having a bunch of the games on console very young. So. I, I really liked playing a bunch of these, and I really liked doubling the number of SNES games I've, I've <laughs> played in the last four years, over like three days. So that's been extremely fun, and I want to play more console games. Rhett. Hi. What have you been up to? I watched a lot of anime, imagine that. What? I had two weeks off work, and I watched a lot of anime. Um... So where do we want to start here? Uh, I caught up on Attack on Titan, the final season. Figured okay. I would just throw that one out here first. Uh, so I can't speak in specifics because Polly is also right. in the middle of that one. We yeah. were at the same stopping point at the end of season three, part two. Yeah. Polly will know that that show or why that show changes pretty dramatically oh, immediately yeah. afterwards. Yeah, thing happens, and it's thing like, happens. oh, everything gets contextualized, and it's like, oh, yeah. this is all different now. Well, everything's different now. Like, did that is kind of... Yes, they did, actually. Okay, I figured. That was the big thing, <laughs> like... We're going to war against these titans, and also we want to open the door to this basement. It's so silly the way they're wording it. Yeah. Like we gotta get into that fucking basement. I will die to get in that basement. <laughs> like <laughs> it's very dramatic. That that series is just big and over the top and insane. Yeah. The nature of things definitely changes going forward. It's 
it's a very violent series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember you tweeting that you 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 kind of didn't like it. It's like, I oh just, wow, everybody's awful. I'm just like, well, have you not been watching this television show for the <laughs> for the last eight years? <laughs> Are you just now realizing everybody in this show but is again, an unlikable fuckhead? But they were unlikable ti- fuckheads fighting against the Titans, and now things have changed. Yeah, I, I've always I always felt that this was where the show was gonna go. I guess so. I don't know. It's stories like this. I don't know how to word this. Like <laughs> about hatred and cycles of violence and persecution. Mm-hmm. It's weird when it's also code has the element of also Aaron is a boy that can turn into a giant monster and eat people, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, when you add magic elements in, like, there's so many, like, weird magical elements now on top of, like, real human violence and suffering Mm -hmm. that it's it's kind of strange. If there was a show that was gonna go off the fucking rails and jump the shark 800 times, this is kind of the one I always expected to yeah. do it. So it's just kind of like yep. that doesn't surprise me at all. The other thing is, yeah, everybody almost universally. I don't. I don't know what the ending is, but other than everybody hates it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it sounds very controversial. Yeah, <laughs> I'm at the point now, so I was like not sure if I was actually gonna finish season four part two because it had hit such a point where I was like, oh, this is a good cliffhanger. And season four, part one does not end on a cliffhanger. It ends like in the middle of a fight. It's bizarre. (laughs) But I did finish it anyways. I was just like, do I even like this series enough to rewatch season four again? And the answer was like, probably not. So I'm like, okay, I'll just see where this one leaves off. And it leaves, it actually leaves off on a pretty uh, crazy moment. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I don't, you didn't like just throw me off at the side of the road or something. It's like, okay, I know exactly where we are now. Things are, uh, I, the moral, I don't know what the moral of this story is going to be in the end. I feel like a psychopath because I'm kind of rooting for the villain at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's just everybody needs out. You're out. You're all, all you terrible. Are Everybody should just <laughs> die. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the answer. What if humans were the virus all along? I mean, there's also <laughs> that element of true too. It's like, well, what if the Titans were right? I don't know. It's hard talking around spoilers right, with this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I've realized maybe I'm a bit uh more sensitive to violence than I used to be. Mm. So when it gets on to real personal human on human violence i'm just like creeping out of my skin like oh god that was so bad why why are you guys like this now uh then i watched does this does this feel at all thematically consonant with all of the um with all the breaking bad better call Saul content on the feeds lately I was literally about to segue into Better Call Saul. <laughs> Speaking I was, of it, I, I didn't mean that. It, I, I forgot that you'd watched it. I was just thinking like Uh-oh. shows where people are awful. <laughs> I did. The, I did the double header. I finished Attack on Titan, and then I and, if, and then I finished up Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A story about a very likable <laughs> human, nice guy protagonist. Yeah. 
Well, he is likable. He's yeah, very likable. He actually, he actually is likable. He's... That's the thing. Like, this show has an awful, evil protagonist, but he's very likable about yeah, it. Yeah, he's versus... just... Un- <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, like... You can see the, the spiral that he goes down is pretty incredible. Yeah. But it's like... Like, it contrasts with uh, Breaking Bad because, like, Walter White goes from, like... You kind of like him and root for the guy, and then it's like, oh no, yeah. you're very clearly like you're not. You should not be rooting for this guy. Like two yeah. seasons in, mm-hmm. uh, whereas <laughs> Better Call Saul, like like Jimmy is just he is a likable guy who you could see yeah. maybe at some point he made a bad decision and then another and then another and then it started getting more and then like a thousand more and then a thousand <laughs> more that were more on purpose. Yeah. I think Breaking Bad, he basically had to become a monster yeah, immediately for, yeah. that, for that show to work. Yeah. But Better Call Saul has the breathing yeah. room, has a more fleshed out protagonist. Yeah. It, the, the entire show is a slow descent into oh, where he God. is. Yeah. Like, you know where he ends up. And it's just yeah. like, oh, man, like getting there. It's just like, oh, being drugged. Like, my face is being drugged through gravel. Yeah. There are just so many moments in the show where you're just like, Dude. man, just stop. Just stop. Why? Why are you like this? <laughs> just, let it, just let it go. You disaster of a human being. Yeah. Again, not to spoil things, but I think one issue I had is that you want to watch better or you want to watch Breaking Bad immediately afterwards because of how this kind of gets right up to that point. And yeah. then, yeah. There's time skip shenanigans, so it kind of skips over Breaking Bad. So then you're kind of dealing with a different version of that character in the later stuff. Gotcha. Because every season had started with, you know, those flash forwards. The flash forwards of like, you know, like what happened after. Yeah. Into that. (laughs) Yeah. So there's there's a hefty amount of aftermath stuff in the show, but then having it have have to skip over the entirety of Breaking Breaking Bad Bad was a little yeah. A little jarring. It's not too bad. But you have to remember, kind of have to remember, all right, he did even more awful stuff in Breaking yeah. Bad. Oh, of just, yeah. like, assisting in, like, murders and cover-ups and really just any legal pretense completely gone by yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> Bob Odenkirk, so, man. What amazing a, actor, what for sure. What an actor. Like, like him, and, him and Brian Cranston could not have been two better leads for two shows. Yeah, definitely. I think overall, I like Breaking Bad more just because that's more kind of my style of mm. the big over-the-top roller coaster. Yeah. Where this one is a slow burn yeah. depression, basically. <laughs> it's... It's not a happy show, that's for sure. I mean, it's like, I think having watched this more as it aired versus Breaking Bad, where I just kind of shotgun the whole thing right when it ended, having watched like the first four seasons roughly around when they aired, like Mm -hmm. I don't remember the earlier ones as well. Mm -hmm. It was more of a comedy towards the start, for sure. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, he's such a goofball. And then by the end, it's like, you are just a monster now like you went down a path like, and you can yeah. see where that path like you know exactly where he completely broke and could never go back yeah i think it's almost like there's not one moment though where he broke or it's just a series of mm. 
getting in deeper and deeper and not being um, unable to turn things around. Yeah. But yeah, it's less of a comedy in the later seasons for sure. And then there's also a lot of the, uh, the other side of the story, the, uh, the drug cartel stuff, oh, which oh yeah, that stuff was getting juicy when I stopped watching. It's maybe a little fillery feeling at times mm-hmm. where it's like because you're having all these characters from Baking Bad show up. Yeah, you needed they, you needed you needed Mike. You needed more Gus. Yeah, but all of them are you know they got the plot armor on. Yeah, yeah, like so, there's nothing bad that's going to happen to them. So all the ten there's no tension there. Yeah, that's exactly the problem people had. Like there's a scene in season five where Mike has a gun pointed at his head, and you're just like. Guys, if you're trying to make this dramatic, it's just not working. We know yeah. Mike is fine. Like, you have a character already in that situation that you can do a lot of things with to keep things... Um, yeah. You know, to keep things intense. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, like, the twins from Breaking Bad are also in this. Like, yeah! okay, like... But again, nothing bad can nothing happen bad to them. Nothing bad can happen to them, yeah. So... Yeah, when you just have all these characters that are plot armor, and then the one that it doesn't have the plot armor, like, uh-oh. Uh-oh! <laughs> a lot of the stuff does kind of take up a, a lot of the running time, especially in season five, where it's like half the show, and you're just like, okay. Like, mm. I think I think it was season four, where it's like, on the surface, it was kind of silly. Like, here's the story about how Gus built the basement. Yeah! But then the, which seemed kind of like filler, but then they do something really cool, really with, cool the, with it. Yeah, with the story. Like I don't maybe think they do something really cool with all the stuff in season five, mm. where it's like, okay, you're kind of spinning wheels a bit. Yeah, but that's a good show. Yeah, I, sh- I was doing like two episodes a night for season five, and then I started season six, thinking, oh, I'll do like two a day, and then seven episodes later or something. Oops. I'm like, oh. Oops. <laughs> okay. I had two days till the final episode aired. I have gone too fast. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. It's like when I watched Simple Gear season five in like a day and then mm-hmm. was like, shit, I've got to wait a week for the final episode. I fucked up. <laughs> My timing ended up being so good though, where I watched episode 12, like Monday night. Mm-hmm checked amazon they did not have the final episode up yet mm-hmm. 20 minutes checked 20 minutes later checked again and it was up <laughs> nice so by, so by the time e- amazon emailed me at 4 a.m oh the new episode is up i'd already fo- watched it nice <laughs> like being within 20 minutes was like okay i timed good. this perfectly yeah. to not get spoiled by anything um, and then I guess I'll throw out a video game here. I've been playing a video game. What? what are those? What? You do that? Yeah. It, I barely do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be an interesting game of the year. It's like, uh, did, did I play 10 games? Uh, yeah, I, I had one year where I literally could not name 10 games that I liked. God. Oh, yeah. Did I play 10 games that I liked? Even harder. Oh, oofa doofa. I guess Trails of Cold Steel is not getting the compressed into one entry treatment. <laughs> hey, I, I, here you go. Here's an easy one. I released ASDF this year. Okay, there's one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I've been playing Xenoblade 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Xenoblade? Mm-hmm. What was that, John? What's Xenoblade? What's Xenoblade? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've extensively talked about that series on here. A little bit. <laughs> yes. In the last eight years? I believe I believe Xenoblade 1 is 
SoxCast approved. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. That first yeah. game is entirely SoxCast approved. <laughs> yep. With more that to come. First, that first game is SoxCast approved. Why won't you guys believe me on two? I've played I two. You. I've played and two. you hate it. That's what we're really here for. Polly, you need... I understand being extremely mad about losing five hours of progress. That would kill me as well. You're telling me, look, it's not just five hours of progress. It's five hours, but also Tora is there the whole time. And it's the only character you have to bounce off of. And I fucking hate Tora. He's not great. No, he's <laughs> fucking awful. There's a good scene later on. They're going to be one of those people like, look, there's a real good scene 70 hours in that you got to see. You got to play to get there. That's basically the Xenoblade 2 experience where, like, I've been seeing, I've been just, like, reading the vibe on the trilogy now that all three games are out. And a lot of people that are two defenders are also like, the first third of two is the weakest. And then it ends super strong. I'm like, yeah, unfortunately true. (laughs) Two is so good. You just got to get past that first 40 hours and then you're fine. Probably most, like, a third of Xenoblade 1 is bad. <laughs> There's that. But like, I think I like, I like the third of Xenoblade 1 that is bad a lot more than I do the third <laughs> of Xenoblade 2 that is bad. Mm. You guys... I want to play Xenoblade 2. Tora I is really bad. Guys, those menus are really bad. Guys, uh, that uh, map okay. is really bad. That compass is bad. real. That compass is really bad. I the don't quest know what tracking deal with the compass is bad. The quest tracking is really bad. I think these games prioritize different things, and Xenoblade 2 is a mess mechanically. Like, I'll give you that. And not even the stuff you just mentioned, but like the gotcha. Oh, is the gotcha bullshit, too. That's so stupid. Field skills. I can't open a chest that is right here because I don't have cooking level four. It's all that's introduced in Xenoblade X. Oh, thank you, Xenoblade X, for ruining the best game. (laughs) I still like Xenoblade X. I think we can all agree Xenoblade X is going to be Xenoblade X will definitely be Soxcast approved. Destined to be Soxcast approved. Destined. I'm going to die. They're going to announce a, a new stronger switch. And then in two years, they're going to do Xenoblade 2 remastered. And they're never going to acknowledge X again. <laughs> uh, that's oh, what play- X ends on a sequel tease. <laughs> X is the only one that ends on a sequel tease. Wait, so really? Painful. Yeah, it does. Explicitly, it ends on a sequel tease. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. Yep. So anyway, Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm really here to talk about 2, goddammit. Oh, you're just here to talk about two. Okay. Well, in the eight hours that I played of two, Uh I was miserable most of it because I hate how that game feels on every level. Xeno experience. No, because I played look, I played Definitive Edition, and that game does not feel bad. And that game is built on XC2's engine. So when I went and played XC2 in earnest this past week. It just felt like slop in my hands. I think maybe if you went from the Wii game, Xenoblade 1, 2, 2, then it would feel two better. 2X, 2, 2. Maybe, but I, just, oh, I no, think there's so much, like, uh, just despite the fact that it's just like, like, let's take out the fact that, like, all right, I hate the gotcha shit. 
Like, okay, yeah. okay, like, I lost five hours because, oh, I'm stupid me for thinking that a video game would autosave in the year 2022 went That's to bed. I just, like, I, like, I was all right, I'm just going to bed because I am way too tired. Yeah. Put it down, put the switch in sleep mode, wake up, the switch is dead. Come back, Whoa. my save file says three hours, start of chapter two. And it's like, good, you get to do all the Taurus shit again. It's like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. No, so I thought. Oh God, I thought you were just straight back at the start of the game. No, it was. A, it was like I lost. Like there were. Like I did. Like what was it? Because I had finished chapter two, and I went. I got a bit. Like, I got in far enough to get chain attacks. Um, okay. And when I came back, it was like, oh, I am at the start of chapter two again. Mm. Good. I'm never playing like, this video game ever again. <laughs> that's like the worst possible way because I was thinking either you have to replay the intro again with like p all the pirate stuff, and it's Ugh. like okay, you can either either rewatch those very cool cutscenes or just skip over them and save a bunch of time. Mm -hmm. But then having to redo Torah stuff is like the worst. Yeah, because a lot because they make uh, you do a lot of fucking gathering, and it's just like oh hey, you need to go salvage, and like you don't get the, you don't always get the items that you're supposed to get in order to get Poppy going. So it literally took me like 27, 28 minutes to get all the gears and shit that uh, I needed uh, for Poppy uh, to get going. Yeah, this is real good game design. Fucking so Xenoblade 3, I think, mechanically clears up a lot of the bullshit that the pre first two games have. Hence me skipping okay. XC2! I don't think you should skip the middle game in a trilogy. Okay, what if the middle game in the trilogy is bad? Well, that's not the first time this has happened. <laughs> and then you watch the, the and you watch the ending cutscenes on YouTube, and then still played it anyway. I mean, I will watch cutscenes for Xenoblade Chronicles too, but I don't think that is a game that I want to play. <laughs> uh, you might have to watch the cutscenes then. Everything about that game just felt so labored, and I was trying so hard to look past it. And even like, and then like when I woke up the next morning and I had lost five hours, it felt like a message from God. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I was so Ugh. looking forward to this and it didn't, and it didn't disappoint. <laughs> I will say, I go into Xenoblade 3 pretty excited. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying Polly's wrong on the mechanical stuff in two. Like, mm. it's, it's rough. My first like 10 hours in Xenoblade 3 was, oh my god, I fucking hate this combat so much. I miss two. <laughs> I know that like like a lot of people that I know that are playing XC3 kind of say that like it, it, they, they get a little bit of Final Fantasy 13 and that maybe they over tutorialize. So like the first 10 or so hours of the game are maybe way slower than they need to be. And yeah. combat doesn't really feel meaty at all from the start. It just feels like XC1, but a little slower. Yeah, that's chap. That's definitely chapter one, and I made the mistake of st starting it on hard, which oh, I don't right. think really made it harder until you hit. I hit like a level six mini boss mm -hmm. and got completely fucking brick walled <laughs> by it. And it's like, and it's like, okay, I've done every side quest. I'm, I've got literally the back attack, the side attack, and the front attack. Yeah, I can't do anything else. I'm still losing. I'm gonna put it on normal. I put it on normal and just immediately obliterate it. Oh, that's weird. Like, I think hard might just be, like, a numbers multiplier, and that doesn't feel good. Uh, yeah, it's never good. I, so, yeah. So, moving past that, though, where it's like, okay, the first chapter feels way too much like Xenoblade 1 in the in a bad way, where it's just super simple positioning stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Once you get the full party, though, and it becomes like the six character chaos, mm-hmm. it's just it feels like the game kind of plays itself a lot of the time. I was wondering if that was either the game was just going to play itself or if it's too chaotic to keep track of. It's both like my favorite thing now is just pressing minus to turn on auto battle for my character <laughs> and then just letting it do its thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because it's it does a pretty good job, and as long as your level is higher than the enemies, or actually no, I can be like five levels lower than a single oh enemy. Oh my god! And, and, so that's how I ended up getting so overpowered in chapter three, where it's just I was like fighting level twenty stuff, and it's like okay, I'm cool doing side quests, and then oh, there's some level thirty stuff over here. Oh, I can take them on, start leveling up here. Oh, there's level forty stuff over there. Oh, there's level. <laughs> I'm still in the same massive open world. Oh, there's level fifty enemies over there. Oh, I can fight these. Damn! Oh and my the next God. thing I know, can you not level down or anything? No, you're just fucked. I'm. Oh, I've completely God, fucked things because myself. Like, because I think I am pretty goddamn sure you can level down in uh, definitive edition of uh, Xenoblade Chronicles One. I think you have to beat Xenoblade 3 in order to do that. I did see something about you can level up your classes after beating the game because then you can... Because you have to be within five levels of an enemy to get class experience. Oh, right. So, like, (laughs) I'm fucked right now. Yeah, you cannot get class experience. I mean, you can you can buy it with no pawn coins, which is the one kind of weird currency thing they added in. But anyways... um, yeah, so I conti- finally continued on the main story quest, and like stuff was like level twenty three, and I'm oh, level fifty three now. Jesus Christ! <laughs> like there was a point where it's like, okay, this needs to stop. Like I found some level fifty nine and sixty enemies and was able to kill them, and it's like, are we doing this? Are we getting to end game level before progressing the story? And I, de- I decided not to. Not end game level in the first game was like 72 or something that's what i'm saying is like i could conceivably do that because i in the second air actually no this was in the first region in the first region of the game i found i found this hidden cave with level 76 enemies oh my god i can't fight them now but conceivably if i grinded on the level 60 stuff enough i probably could and then i ran through that cave like stuff was chasing me, but I was like not dying in one hit, so I was able to get to the end. Mm-hmm. There's like this level eighty dragon at the end. I'm like, so this thing is this thing's probably actually stronger than the final boss. Or yeah. it's like on par. Like, this is ridiculous. It sounds like they fucked up their experience curve. Maybe a bit. I think they wanted to do it so you can just mainline the story, the do the main story yeah. and not get brick walled too much. Yeah. But then all the people are saying, oh, you want to do the side quest because that's where you get the new classes. That's where you get like a lot of the story stuff is doing. Like you can't bank experience when you go. You can't bank experience from like killing stuff. You, you do it there, with quests and stuff because that's how Definitive Edition and yeah. XC two do it. Is it just like all of your experience from quests just gets banked? It's not everything in this one. When you fight oh. enemies, you will level up. Yeah, and then when you're at a rest spot, you can use bonus experience if you want to. Right level up even there's one part where it's like oh everyone is level 40 but i've got so much bonus experience now i could just make them all 43 if i wanted to and then once i found like level 50 enemies that's when i popped it and was like okay now now i've found a bigger fish to fry maybe turn the game on hard i don't know if that even helps at this point i I mean i did i actually did because i'm fighting like a level 27 main story big boss and it's like okay but again, 
hard is weird when it still feels like combat just plays itself. Yeah. It's so it's it's weird because it's like Xenoblade one combat was like this intimidating monolith of like, I don't really ever feel like I have a handle on this and it's kind of hard. So like the game in that one was just spending an hour of prep time looking, going through equipment and gems and being like, okay, yeah. maybe this will work. <clears throat> and then you crush your numbers against the enemy's numbers and hey, sometimes you win. Yeah. <clears throat> Z- Xenoblade 2 combat by the end was much easier, much flashier. And it was like, it was popcorn, but it was fun to me mm-hmm. because I... <clears throat> They took out my favorite thing from Two's combat. I'm really salty about that. Basically, what was oh. your favorite thing from Two's combat? It's probably something you haven't gotten to like yet. The elemental chain combos. Oh, I know what like, those are. Yeah, I've seen people do those. Them. Get nuts <laughs> by the end when you're doing like there's like what is it? Break, topple, launch, smash yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then you can do <laughs> elemental stuff on top of that. Yeah, where it's like water break torrent smash or whatever and like there's the stupid announcer shouting it out the whole time it literally sounds like sonic generations yeah (laughs) it's so stupid and so such a weird diversion from the how the first game's combat was yeah and then the thing i really liked in two was that when you finished each of those combos there would be like an elemental orb around the enemy floating around and if you do like another break on it or something you can smash that orb i think when you do the chain attacks then you would break start breaking those orbs and you needed as many orbs as you wanted to do chain attacks yeah i remember so then there's this whole like what do you call it like grid of like what leads to what element stack your elements like you don't want to do the same fire combo twice because you can't get two fire orbs they have to be different elements each time yeah so it's like trying to figure out all these combos in your head of like okay how do i do every element possible with my team composition i remember on the final boss i got like six of seven and it was like doing some like i don't know how many million damage combo (laughs) that takes like five minutes to do like that was the part that was fun to me is just min maxing the insanity and the chain combo in this one is just way, way simplified, where it's like, you can't really mess it up. It's literally XC1, isn't it? Where you just, like, select attacks, and then they build on damage, yeah. and then, yeah. You you select attacks, and then every three, you know, a character will do a big flashy combo, yeah. and then it's it's much simpler. I did get something just now in the game, it's like, that adds a wrinkle of complexity to it, the Ouroboros orders. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's, that's neat. These are really big and silly, like... It's this game's very good at like number go up brain candy <laughs> mm-hmm. in a way that two was as well for me, but it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just where I am with games right now. Cause like I went into two with momentum. I played the trails trilogy. I played, I finished Xenoblade one, which took five years. And then I immediately went into two. I was back into JRPGs. And this one, I watched anime for three months prior Yeah, and, and, and played one game it's like part of getting into this one was having to turn off the part of my brain that's like in 20 minutes you could have watched this chain combo or you could have watched an an episode of anime because this game is very time consuming is basically Mm. the thing i think i will i'll try to kind of speed through the others elements like there's just a lot of stuff going on here like comparing the three games as well i think the world in this one 
is the least interesting, mm. despite being the best to explore, if that makes sense. Interesting. Like, it doesn't have the insane field skill gatekeeping of oh. two, which which ruins exploration in that game. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I found a cool waterfall, and there's a passage up there. Oh, no, my waterfall climbing skill is in level three, so it won't let me through here right now. <laughs> that kills it. Xenoblade 2, you want to just mainline the story. Okay. Xenoblade 1... I don't really remember wanting to explore that much, especially in the back half when it's just a bunch of mechanical hallways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mechanical hallways are real dope, though. It's just like one extended cool dungeon. There was was only one area in that game that I didn't want to explore, and that's because it was fucking teleporter maze shit. Oh, Oh there's that, that too. Yep. I just I felt like I never quite got into exploring the first one for whatever reason. Mm. Maybe it was because the side quests were so bad. Yeah, the side quests are miserable in that game. Uh, like, even with good quest tracking uh, in yeah. Definitive Edition, which it made them palatable for me. Um, mm. Even with that, like, they were still just like, yeah, these are just bad. The thing that I do appreciate about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is that it feels like every side quest is, like, actually this, like three or four part like chained story and not just like mm-hmm. oh here go find five apples up my ass and yeah. bring them back i definitely think it has that <laughs> find apple shit at least torna did for sure which is a little rough because uh, like every I side think... quest i did uh in xc2 okay. was literally like oh like there's a story here like they're they're okay, actually building cool. on things cool i think xenoblade one has like the most compelling world large scale with mm-hmm. the like the Bionis and the McGonis, like yeah. that concept is still like unrivaled yeah, in, in how so cool good. it is in practice. So yeah, cool. it's still real good. I liked how fantasy looking two was. Mm. I think there's a lot more diversity in that game, but obviously that means you don't see a lot of it till much further in yeah. because it's all, you know, it's all story gated. Xenoblade three like visually it's much closer to the first game so it's like oh i spent 40 hours exploring but then it's like and a lot of that was green hills and caves and deserts like there's not been a ton of like really fantastical stuff yet Mm. so it's like the exploration on a technical level is the best but maybe it's a little drab visually like if you want more magical fantasy elements to it yeah that said, uh, the area I just reached in Chapter 4, I think, pretty sure I'm on Chapter 4 now, is pretty visually impressive. Like, it's amazing that this game is able to come out, like, the same year as Elden Ring, and then still impress on that same har- on the Switch hardware. Yeah. Because Elden Ring's quite a looker, you know, mm-hmm. very good exploration game, and this is, like, holding up yeah. in, a, in a stacked year. I think Xenoblade 3 story setup is doing nothing for me. That's maybe the biggest element. The story so far is about there's these two militaries and they use child soldiers and they just kill each other back and forth. And then your characters have found a way to break that cycle of violence. It's just very on the nose, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, they have like, I don't know. It's... (laughs) I hope it goes somewhere. I think maybe the part of the problem with them all being like child soldiers is that they all kind of have the same backstory. Like they're all in the same situation. So there's not a whole, everyone feels a little interchangeable. Right. And then 
the job system where they literally are interchangeable. Like, oh, you want this tank character to be a attacker? Sure. You know, just put the attacker job on them. Yeah, it sounds like you're kind of running into the later Final Fantasy problem where characters kind of yeah. lose an identity mechanically. It's so funny because everybody starts at level 10 as their starting job. Yeah. So the game immediately is like, hey, you've maxed this character class. Why don't you switch them? So everyone loses like their main role immediately because you switch them out. But then in, in all the cutscenes, they'll be using that job, which I almost never actually have them on. Weird. E- eventually the level cap will raise. But, you know, at that point, I'm level 50. How long till I can actually get class experience again? Yeah. It's like, oh, I've got all 10 classes for everybody at level 10. But so when the cap goes to 15 or whatever, yeah. might be a bit like can raise them up. I don't know. It's I will have more final thoughts next time for sure. Sure, 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 sure. Th- There's a lot to chew on with this game. Yeah. But how, how long do you think you kind of hung out in one area leveling up? I mean, I could look at my time, but I don't have the game open right now. Mm-hmm. Probably. Ah, I think it was at 30 hours last time. Ooh. So I, lo- I listened to a lot of uh, VTuber videos yesterday, just running around, making number go up like that was that was where i found the joy in this game so far is make number go up explore oh there's a cave over there let's go check out that oh oh it's nothing okay but it was cool finding a cave that is kind of cool that it it, it, that part of it resonated so much i think yeah cool so that's it for now uh polly why hey 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 so my segments uh this episode are actually no pawn related because I think they're meh, meh, meh. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah! There we go. It was a good joke. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, but it's not a joke is the problem. Oh, no. Uh, so, uh, first game I'm going to talk about is called Coffee Talk. Um, oh, yeah. You talked about this one. Uh, so, Coffee Talk is a visual novel slash barista simulator where you serve coffee to people uh, and you have what are meant to be meaningful and deep conversations with people going through things in their lives. And ultimately, through those conversations, they're, they're going to be able to work out their shit. So you serve coffee and change lives. Stop me if you, this sounds any way familiar. <laughs> As a leading intro. Uh, so the 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 obvious touchstone here is Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. not... Like and and I hate to sound reductive. I hate to sound reductive and mean. Uh, but this is quite literally just what if Valhalla, but without any of the character at all, or any oh, no. of, or any of the, the the endearing traits that that game has. Oof. Um, uh, first and foremost, the problem is just the patrons aren't interesting. Like there's mm. there's stories. <laughs> Are just that's pretty damning up front. Yeah, yeah that's kind of like the thing in Valhalla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the they're, they're like their stories are just really straightforward and simple. There's this overall lack of character to the whole thing. Like everybody talks with the same kind of general tone. Like so, you mm. never really feel you're getting to know anybody personally, personally, or that they have any kind of personality. Um, and like even the barista is just like. Uh, kind of a mostly neutral non-character with your name and they rarely offer like any kind of notable input 
Um, mm. You put your name in, and it's just like, well, you think you're going to play a role in the story, and they're just like, like, like they just kind of bounce off everybody in the same, yeah, huh, that's weird kind of way. Mm. And it's just, God. And, and, and I think, like, a big part of why Valhalla worked was because Jill was an active participant. Yeah. Through, and through her patrons and learning through the things that they were dealing with, she learned a lot about herself and that allowed her to move forward as a character. And, and but with coffee talk, you're just so fucking unconnected. Uh, despite the barista being like, a, 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 I guess a player stand in, like it somehow feels even, you feel even less involved somehow. Weird. And then, and then there's this weird, dumb meta layer. They try to add right at the end. Where, no. where, where there are like four days you have to go back and revisit, and they add like one to maybe five new lines of dialogue to those four days, and then you go back to the ending again, and it just adds another two or three lines of dialogue, and it's just what? like, what, <laughs> what is, what? <laughs> it was what just are you so doing with the VN it, trying to be clever with the VN language. Yeah, like it just felt like it was tr- like, oh, this is a thing visual novels do now. You got to be meta. You got to have some kind of gotcha. Ooh, I'm making you think real deep about this, aren't I? And it's like, <laughs> no. Like somewhere along, like and, and like I look at the reviews for this game and they drive me mad because everybody's like, this is so touched my soul. I'm just like, it, like. Is it just because like Valhalla came out and you wanted more of that thing and this came out within enough proximity that you just kind of latched onto that too? Is that what's going on here? Because somewhere along the line, people kind of, I think they mixed up like quaint, subdued, understated with Mm -hmm. just kind of fucking boring. (laughs) And I, I, I know that the creator for this game died recently. Ooh. And I I'm sorry I don't like his game. You know, but 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 I'm not going to hold back my criticisms just because of that. But I know that that was something yeah. that was going to come up because this dumb shit always comes back and bites me in the ass <laughs> anytime I criticize something. I always get some weird thing down the line of like, hey, you know this thing you criticized, this person had a blah 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 and turns out, oh, this one, the person's dead. Uh, but yeah. I remember I, I had something similar with Hyper Life Hyper Life like Hyper Life Drifter. Where I was like, <clears throat> Wait, where, really? Where I, where I specifically dunked on where I specifically <laughs> said I didn't like I felt like the story did not land at all. I felt like it didn't tie into the play at all. I feel like it was just trying to be a normal video game and the stuff was duct taped on. Yeah. And it turns out, oh, this was an extremely personal story by the developer about his own struggles with a heart condition. Mm. I was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. sorry. You know, like, like yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it sucks, you know, but like when I play a video game and I got a podcast and I got to talk about it, <laughs> I'm going to probably I mean, I always try to be as honest as I can with how I felt yeah. about these mm-hmm. types of things. And I just think that I mean, we're still game, we're still right. We're still right. though. Exactly. Uh, I, I just like, like, this is just like, like, again, like, I hate being reductive and mean, but this just really felt like, what if Valhalla, but just not good? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I played another video game. Yeah. Wow, oh, two? Yes. How about a roundtable discussion? Sorry, I, I, one, one kind of more thought that the coffee table thing is fun. Coffee talk is funny just because, like, the coffee shop AU is such a 
trope now. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it is. A, it's just like, what if we just make a game that's, what if we just tell a story that's like chill and gentle, by which mean nothing really happens at all. Yeah, that's literally, the, the, this game <laughs> is literally the personification of that. Yeah, and like, I feel like, I feel like the ways that people make those good is that you make something that does happen and it does feel meaningful and it does feel important. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's not, you know, debt life or death stakes necessarily. Yeah. Um, but I think people, like you said, just kind of confuse that with, it's fine. We'll just make something boring and that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's fine. That can, that's soft and gentle, soft and gentle. Nice soft game. and gentle. Like it's wholesome. Yeah, like, wholesome is the word that I keep seeing thrown around. And I think that people use that. <laughs> and I think people like to use that as a blanket term for don't criticize it. Really? Yeah. We're being so bold by not, by making a video game. It's not about violence. Yeah. Like that's People all, is that all you've got to do to get praise People have now? never done that ever. Nobody's ever done that. Yeah. 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 Right. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, play another video game, a round table discussion this time. Cause mm-hmm. I, I know this one's going to be a real deep Ooh. topic. Um, but I want you, what do you two think when I say the words power wash simulator? <laughs> But that's the kind of going uh, hmm. <laughs> to get the noggin jogging on this Polly. one. Polly, can I can I say something? Yes, you Extre- can. that was hit me extremely funny. Sure. about how you engaged with this game. Yes, is that you went on new anxiety beds and then you immediately got extremely <laughs> deep into Power Wash Simulator. On your right. Computer. It's like wow, for some reason. I just feel really good <laughs> virtually power washing this this deck. It, I could just do this for hours. It literally is the funniest. <laughs> it is the funniest fucking coincidence. I don't know. Uh, I don't uh, know whether the anxiety meds actually like facilitated <laughs> me liking this or not. <laughs> and I know a number of people were like why are you playing this? It's just the new, it's just the new VTuber flavor of the month, right? Like you don't do shit like that. It's like no, this actually looked interesting to me. Did it? No, yes! I watched I watched it's, your whole stream and I I completely it is completely knew wholeheartedly you were enjoying this yes, experience. I one hundred percent like uh, I sat down like the first moment I fucking started spraying dirt off stuff. He's like, this is a fucking oh. revelation. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you want her hundred percent in this game. No, no. I was like, no, I no, didn't. no, no, no. Honest no. to God, like the segue there was like Coffee Talk is a game where nothing really happens, and then Power Wash Simulator, a game where nothing, where nothing really happens. Really happens. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a purity to it. Nah, dude. What it is, it's it's all about the ding. Okay? <laughs> when you clean a surface one hundred percent or any object. You get the most, it is the most satisfying ding I've ever heard in a video game. I've, like, it's, it's fucking brain candy. It gets in nope. there. Like, you see the object light up, it'll flash in this really <laughs> nice blue, this really bright blue color. Ding! And it's super clean now. It's like, this is just a complete and utter fucking revelation. I can't believe what's happening here. Gorgeous. Um, I did three streams of this game. I've streamed this game for like nine hours. Like, what the fuck? 
right? Like this is, it's just fucking power washing, but it, it, it's what it says on the tin. You wash vehicles, you wash fucking houses, you wash a fucking, like, like I think the last big one I did was a fucking amusement park, right? I had to fucking do a Ferris wheel and shit. Um, and you've got to like move around scaffolding so you can get up there. And it's just like, it's got this nice progression system of just like, you get them dings, you get more money, you get more money, you can buy more power washer shit. You can get a new power washer, you get more nozzles, you can buy new soap. Have you ever bought new soap in a video game and been so fucking excited? Fuck. Ollie finally found a numbers go up video game. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, like, like, this is just, it's complete zen. You sit there, you zone out. Like, I, like, anytime, like, New Music Friday came around, that was kind of my uh-huh. jam. Like, I would throw on the new music that I wanted to listen to Friday. Mm-hmm. Power wash for a couple hours. Let's go. Oh, and, like, these jobs get really big. Like, the fucking play, like, the fucking playground and skate park took me, like, four hours apiece. Oh, my God. Like, and, 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 like, they're very generous about how, like, you spray shit down. Like, you can get to, like, 98, 99% of something. Uh, sometimes it's even lower, as low as, like, 95% for the threshold. And, like, the, the, the object will just ding for you. Like, and it'll take the rest of the dirt off. Like, it's very, like, you don't cool. always have to get, like, every little itty bitty speck. Uh, and the game's got a nice highlight button you can press. Like, if you can't really tell, like, if something's still dirty or not, you can press, like, tab. And it'll like flash the dirt in this gold color to show you like where the remaining dirt is. Um, and you can highlight objects using your little notebook. You go in, it's like, hey, like, I don't know what this is. Like, you go and click it, it's, you got something, it's like, and it'll highlight it in the world with like a subtle glow. So you can be like, oh, okay, I see where that's not, that's not clean. Sure, sure, sure. Um, cool. This proved to be very, very, very fun and, and just very, very relaxing. It was not something that I expected. Like, like, it was something that was cool and neat because it was just like, that seems like a neat idea that you could play with. Uh, like, at least with other, like, simulator games, they kind of felt maybe overdone or, like, there's, like, that time where, like, everything was a fucking dumb simulator with, like, bad physics yeah. engines and shit. Yeah. Whereas this is literally just, hey, do you like watching water knock dirt off of shit and then seeing things get real clean? They're really smart, too, because every time you complete a project, they do a time lapse at the end. Ooh. And it shows you everything getting cleaned in time and like in real time. Oh, that's I missed that. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, it's real that's good. So smart. It's real good. Like there's so many good and smart decisions uh, in this game. Um, and then there's a point where it feels like they decided that Power Wash Simulator being this really fun, cool, and relaxing toy wasn't enough. Uh, so it's got to be a video game now. Uh, and I think this is about, like, halfway to three-fourths through the campaign, like, the jobs start getting, like, really precise with what you need to clean. And, like, my issue isn't that the jobs got bigger. It's that suddenly they're asking you to spray things down from, like, these, like, weirdly accurate and precise angles um, to get to, to finally get objects clean. Like, it feels like they're just hiding dirt on purpose in areas it's really hard to get to. Mm-hmm. Even when you buy, like, the best nozzles and soap and stuff. Uh, so, like, when I ended up spraying down one surface on a job for, like, ten minutes and I couldn't get it to ding... That's kind of where I knew, like, what the rest of the game was going to be. And, like, when mm-hmm. I looked online, those fears were confirmed. Oof. Uh, and I just kind of stopped playing because 
for me, it went from being this relaxing and zen thing that I could fire up like any time and just like have it chill out, just like throw on some tunes, throw on a stream or something. It's a, and and it, it went from being that kind of relaxing toy that I could play with to a, just a frustrating and annoying exercise in in accuracy and precision that just wasn't fun anymore. Um, yeah, that sucks. And that's a real yeah, bummer because I like what this game's doing a lot, but it really feels like somebody at some point was like, oh, we can't make a toy. It's got to be a video game. So now it needs to be hard for some weird reason. Um, the Octodad effect. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it made me think of. Like where Octodad is this cool, fun thing. And then you went and you tried to be too video game with it. And now it's just this annoying thing. Yep. And that bummed me the hell out because I was having a lot of good. I was having a lot of good fun well, with Power Wash Simulator, but I have not really touched it since because there's like I took I, like I looked at forums and stuff, and yeah, those later jobs. It just sounds like yeah, it's just a lot of trying to find the right fucking crevice they hid from you, or they hid four pixels of dirt that you just can't fucking get to for some reason. It's just like yeah, uh-huh. this this isn't very fun anymore. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, like I I don't know why you need to gamify something like this in that way. Like it, like there's no reason that jobs needed to be any more complex. Like they didn't need to be, or just like like lower the fucking thresholds on certain things because they don't need to be ninety nine percent on some big thing. And yeah. I'm trying to like find the little itty bitty speck that I missed, and it's just like oh, why? Because I didn't move the scaffold to this precise location and use the zero angle nozzle that's that rotates to kind of like get my fucking to get a little fucking jet of water in there to hit four fucking pixels like yeah nah i can't sorry yeah it's not great this was like that's not great this was potential like like could have made my game of the year list uh material Mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah i i won't be going back to that unfortunately oh It is a fun game to play with friends. It was fun to watch your journey. I'm glad that I'm glad because you almost abandoned it after that first stream. So I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad it feels like you still got a lot of good time yeah. out of this one. Yeah. 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 I got Did you like, lose your save at one point. And then I lost my save. Oh, right. Yeah. My save got fucked. Uh, one morning I just launched the, the, the game pass app on, on, on PC. And, this was, and I went to play and suddenly like, where's my career mode? It's gone. So, Uh-oh. hey, guess what? Cheat Engine exists for a reason. Oh, so okay. I just, yeah, I'm glad I just, you're able to I found salvage a che- it. I found a cheat table. Well, we tried to get me a save file, but, oh, you mm-hmm. like, it's not cross-platform save files because Microsoft is stupid. Um, so I had to, so I just grabbed Cheat Engine, looked up some values, bought <laughs> some stuff, maybe gave myself a little more of a leg out. up. Found another cheat table that let me get caught back up to where I was in the campaign. That just let me spray things immediately and clean them. <laughs> we figured that Good. shit out. And then I got my file. So yeah, like in about 20 hours in, I lost my file. And then I played another 20 hours after I cheated it back. So yeah. What? That's more hours than I thought. <laughs> I, yeah, like I believe I've played that game for about, for about 40 hours. Yeah, I think you got your money's worth there. Yeah, especially since I didn't pay shit for it. It's yeah, just mentioned Game Pass. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. just, it's just free on Game Pass, so. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, like, 
Despite that, though, like, despite that, though, it's just, like, due to what the back half of the game becomes, though, it's just kind of like, yeah, it really it bums me out that it kind of yeah. went that way. But, yay. I feel lovey. I got, I've got 40 good hours out of it, but there's still, like, another 30 hours or so of the game left that I just am not willing to engage with. That's probably more than you expected going into Power Wash Simulator. Yeah. I didn't expect to play it after the first stream. I just thought, oh, this will be yep. fun. Like, I yep. am le- I'm legitimately interested in it. I wasn't just playing it because it was a popular thing. I was legitimately interested. I thought, this is cool. I was like, okay, yeah, like, this is a cool thing. Uh, so I did play it long, long, long after that first stream. So, yeah. Cool. It's a fine oh, yeah, thing, rolls. but yeah, like yeah. that bad back half is real unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Did you see any of the power wash lore? I, I, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of things going on in that. Like if you're paying, <laughs> if you're paying attention to the story that's going on in the text messages while you're playing, there's, there's some crazy shit going yeah. on. <laughs> it's pretty that wild. Was- when the full release came out, I started seeing stuff. I'm just like, what? Yeah. I this was a Power Wash game. It's really, really good. I will give them props for that. <laughs> that stuff's really fun. That's pretty funny. Five minute break. Yep. Five minute break. All right. We're going to take a five minute break and we will be right back with a second. All right. So I know John said he had a thing that he wanted everybody to bet. Do, <laughs> do you want us to save that for last? I think we should save that for last. <laughs> All right. We'll go ahead and I guess for this second half, we'll we'll start with Rhett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then we'll go to me and then uh and then and we'll give everybody the bail segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So Rhett. Hi. So I started the last segment saying I watched a bunch of anime and then I talked about the two non-anime things. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It was like, it was real. Yeah. You got it. You can tell us about the anime, right? I'll tell you about some of the anime because there was so much anime that I can't possibly actually talk about all of it. I literally won't let you. Yeah. I'll kick that. you out of the call if you tried. <laughs> uh, God, I think about shows about how to talk about them on the podcast so much when watching them and then two weeks pass and it all... <laughs> flies out of my head uh i watched macross delta yes the really 2016 equal to macross frontier that i also talked about in this podcast uh-huh. um what macross frontier when did you do that one i think last year yeah oh, wow. fairly recently that's the 2008 okay, one weird um so delta is the fourth main macross series um, I haven't watched the first two, the original, and there's the 90s one that, like, nobody talks about, Macross 7, mm. I think. Um, I like this one a lot. This is the one people don't like because it has idols in it. <laughs> Even though, if you really look at those original shows, you know, the way they focus on, like, big pop star singers, is it really that different? Mm. Yeah, this, this seems very in line with what it I. It seems very in line. Office. It's like, oh, just because it's five girls as a group instead of like a solo artist, now it's completely different. Like what? Like the um, the Macross image I know of is that one image of the pop idol singing on top of the spaceship while a bunch of spaceships yeah. are floating in the background. Like <laughs> now that, just, that is the image of Macross in my head, and that is the best moments of this show when it's just fully silly girls. They literally fl- can fly. They have like good 
they never really explain it, but their skirts kind of flare up and they can just fly around. <laughs> um, I had a really good time with this one, even though it is a really flawed show. The second half really kind of fell off. But the first half is just like, it's fun and silly in a, in a way that I really love. The main girl, Freya, is really just hebe but like even more <laughs> endless enthusiasm and optimism. Like there's no kind of darker side there in pathos. It's just, she's just very happy and she wants to sing. <laughs> and she joins. It ex- it's this show seemed extremely simple gear starting out. So the funny thing is I knew I'd seen, there's a clip from this that kind of went viral a while ago where someone took a scene, a scene of Freya singing and put, uh, the song September over it because like the chorus like lines up like exactly. So I had seen this clip of this blonde girl in the spaceship flying around singing. And when I started watching Symphogear and I see this main character, Hibiki, I go, is that that girl from the September clip? I think it is. So I knew about this show before Symphogear, which is kind of wild to think about. Um, I found the characters in this just a lot more likable than Frontiers. I think mm-hmm. that was my problem with that show is um, the main boy, I can't remember his name, uh, blanking a bit, and uh, Cheryl, the girl, one of the girls, were just kind of aggravating to characters to watch because they were just, I don't know, stuck up, I guess. Like, she's mm-hmm. very high and mighty, I'm better than you, I'm the famous singer kind of vibe towards the start. That's very different Everyone- from Hibiki, Hibiki energy. Yeah, that that was in Frontier though. In Delta, everyone is much more uh, agreeable and like fun to watch. There's an actual villain this time. Like in in Frontier, the villains were like this alien race of bacteria. Like it was kind of weird, <laughs> kind of abstract. Yeah. So like, the viewpoint was always on the main characters and like the that w- side of the struggle. Whereas in this, and this isn't necessarily a good thing. There's the villains get a lot of screen time and they're not very interesting <laughs> and they're not necessarily really, they're not like the big evil mustache twirling villains who want to destroy the universe. They have very good reasons for doing what they're doing. It's, it, it's a little weird in that a lot of their grief is that basically there was a war seven years prior and their home planet basically got nuked. Like they call it like the dimension eater and it leaves a permanent scar on the planet. But it's like, yeah, this is this is very on the nose. Japan getting attacked in World War Two, it felt okay. like. So, like, it's weird to see them as the villains, but then there's just a lot of scenes of them talking that are not particularly engaging. But the first half of the show, I think, does a much better job keeping up with the energy of like, we're going to have a big fight with a song, like almost like every two or three episodes. Whereas frontier felt like it started strong and then it had a big moment at like episode 13. And then it finished strong, like huge gaps of, okay, kind of losing me here, kind of losing me here. And then this one didn't really lose me to the last third, which was a better pace. The last third, like it just felt like momentum fell off a cliff at one point. It was really sad to see because I liked everything in the first half was great. The second half started pretty strong with like kind of the romance subplot culminating in just really gorgeous way. 
And then like, okay, it's time to time to wrap up the war. And it has like no momentum going into the final battle, really. Weird. There's this awkward scene where like the main characters get captured by the enemies and they're gonna be executed. And it's like, well, you know they're not actually going to die, because that would be a, a weird story to tell. But then they're like standing on the edge of, of a cliff, like walking to their death. And it's like, this is really a tonal mess, it feels like right now. Um, the final battle is really good. They play the opening song. Good. And then and then it like there's a downbeat of like a second, and then they just go into the second opening. And I'm like, fucking yes, perfect. That's the way to do it. Like, good. So the action's really fun, I think. You know that shot in anime where a, a jet is flying around from a bunch of missiles? Yeah, that's another thing I picture whenever I think of Macross. This one maybe overdoes it shot. a bit, where every battle is doing that, and it kind of loses a little bit of impact. Because <laughs> it's so much easier to do now when, when the stuff is CG. So it's mm -hmm. just like, okay... You guys are just really hitting that one note repeatedly. I think maybe Frontier was a little more creative with the action. Okay. But there's just so much more in this one. So it's like kind of a weird balancing act. Um, Frontier and Delta have compilation movies. And apparently the story is actually different in those. Huh. That's like okay. a thing they've been doing since the original, because there's the original Macross, which is 39 episodes, and then there's the movie Do You Remember Love, mm -hmm. which people seem to idolize. As like, yeah, that seems like the thing in Macross is that movie. And it's mm -hmm. like, but it's like, can I watch that without having the series? Because it seems like a pretty, pretty big stretch to compress a whole 39 episode series into a single movie. Mm hmm. So for Frontier and Delta, they did two movies that are about two hours each, but the story is also different. Like, apparently the Frontier one changes the ending. Hmm. And, like, the 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 de second Delta movie comes out next month on Blu-ray. So it's like, oh, the perfect timing. <laughs> if I want to dive into those and check those out, I won't have to wait too long. Yeah, that's cool. Like, the second movie, like, the to the teaser poster is, like, evil dark versions of the five idols which is not something that happens in the tv what? shows so i'm like oh okay you you guys changed some stuff up huh okay yeah so i'll probably but then i'm like oh yes i'll watch four movies and then i realize what, what a tooth pulling experience it is getting me to sit down for two hours to watch a single movie i'm like oh maybe i won't get to those right away um i I watched like 10 other shows. I'll just talk about one more real quickly. I watched a show called The Orbital Children. Okay. And this is a Netflix anime. I think I saw it mentioned. You remember that meme that was going around like, list, you know, your favorite anime from each year. I think I saw somebody list this as 2021. So I was like, oh, I haven't heard of that. I'll check it out. And I got a vibe right at the start of the show. And then I ended up being correct. So it's a bunch of kids in space. And they've got like the, their high tech, you know, future technology. And I go, huh, this kind of reminds me of Deno Coil. Oh, and then I look yeah. and the author and yep. the author of this and the director yep. is from Deno Coil. Same. This is the first thing. This is cool. the first major thing they've done since, since Deno Coil. Coil. Yep. Fuck. All right. Cool. And I think this has a 6.9 on my anime list. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I think Deno Coil did similarly bad, like similarly mediocre on ML, didn't mm -hmm. it? Well, 
I won't drag him down by looking. I don't think this show deserves a 6.9. It is not as good as Deno Coil. Right. But it's also like a six episode thing. If anything, like it's a little rushed. Mm -hmm. I wish there had been a little more time. Room to breathe. Earlier. Yeah. Especially because like basically the main thrust of this is that there there's like six kids on a space station and then things go bad. They've got to, you know, survive. And like that happens so quickly into the show that they haven't even all met yet. So it felt like, oh, there could have been room. It's weird for me to ask for like some padding, but it's like this very no, much you could want have... more pacing. I don't think it's yeah. padding. I think it's actually like, you know, pacing to get characters where they need to be. Yeah, I think there could have been time towards the start to just have some interactions between the characters to get to know them a bit more. And that's so that they have a little more time to seed things that are going to be relevant towards the story by the end. Because this show, it's weird. It's like there's the there's the survive the space station accident arc, and then some higher concept stuff towards the end. It's a lot to process in like six episodes, mm-hmm. but I had a good time with it, even though it's a little mediocre at times. Felt a little constrained by you know maybe budget or time, but mm-hmm. so it's not really like oh the big successor the comeback, to the comeback yeah, of Daniel Coil. Yeah, it's, it's like... not that, but it's like oh this was good too. A very, this was good. That I don't read that, that counts yeah. for something. Give it a nice full-throated. Like, yeah, this was okay. It, it's kind of weird. Where it's like, I would prefer it being good to being bad, but sometimes bad stuff is more fun to laugh and talk about. Yeah, where it's like, oh, this was good. I cried a little bit at the end. Solid. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah, nice silly. Get it another point from. for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Plus one for cried at the end. Obviously, it, listen. If I don't cry about something, I don't even talk about the podcast at this point. <laughs> uh, so that's what I've been up to, and like ten other animes, but I can't talk about everything. Plus, they were all pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to write home about, and didn't maybe not a lot of crying at the end of have them. Ever, so I'm not talking about have them. Have you ever actually but, written home about something? Has anybody ever done that? Have you yeah. ever just played a video game? And man, I'm gonna write home about that. As in, like, text my so that like, text my mom, be like, Mom, this video game was really, really good. I just imagine actually sitting down and writing a letter. No, you get yourself some notebook paper, some nice stationery, and you write yourself, write a little letter about it. You write home about it. It's a phrase that that I always found funny because I I imagine it every time. Every time it's like, the graphics of this game are nothing to write home about. I'm like, well, (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to write home about just the graphics of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> I went, Mom, you have to see the ending of Xenoblade 2. It's to write home about. Mom, let me tell you about Simpo Gear. Simpo Gear is something brother. to write home about. Dearest brother, the follow-up, finally, <laughs> after all these years, the follow-up to Deno Coil from the creator of... <laughs> From the original creator, director, and writer. It's the first thing they've worked on together. I know. I was astounded as well. However, unfortunately, there isn't it isn't really something to write home about, and then you just pick up the letter and throw it in the trash. I just I just actually wish I had family I cared about that I could write a letter Ooh. home to sometime. Just to do just like play something. Yeah, I'd I'd write home about this. And then just actually do it and see the kind of reaction I get unprompted. Stupid. It is really stupid. <laughs> Rhett, I need you to write your mom a letter about Simpo Gear and mail yeah, it. Yeah, it's also weird for 
Where am I gonna mail it to? I'm mail just gonna put it in the mail. Go like write it out to your address. <laughs> and then go to the mail. Same the return office. address too. Same return address. <laughs> and then mail it to your mom. But just go to the drop it off in a, in, in a mailbox and then have it delivered, and then your mom will get the letter about Simpo Gear. I think this is just a fun idea. This is so silly. <laughs> goddamn phrase it always gets me every time Thank somebody says calling. every time somebody says i blah 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 to write home about it, I was like, god damn it i always imagine somebody just sitting down with a quill pen <laughs> just the, the, in that tone john used thank dearest you for the gift brother you. huh thank you thank you for the gift of you polly i do my best polly just desperately trying to save me monologuing about anime <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job we all did good <laughs> So, Polly, yeah. you got anything else in there for us? Got a video game. Another oh, one? You I, played three? I, Jesus. I played video games, man. Mm. I do that sometimes. Uh, I played a couple of games that, uh, like, one I'm in the middle of, and I'm not probably going to talk about it until probably next episode. I started uh, Tales of Arise yesterday, and mm-hmm. I'm, like nice. eight, I'm like eight and a half hours in in two days, so something's got to be working, right? Uh, and I played uh, I played uh, about the first four hours of Chris Tales and was like, I'm never playing this again. So <laughs> that one really, Ugh. really irked you. I that think. one got under my skin <laughs> just because, man, you know, what? don't put timing shit in a video game if it's not going to be right. <laughs> oh, no, don't do nice... it. Don't do it. Don't. Nice... It's got fucking, you know, like Super Mario RPG kind of attacks where you press a button to attack again. And then the time when the timing windows are so dumb that it's just like, dude. Stop it. This feels terrible. This game feels like I am, like, literally wading in water. Like, I don't feel like anything I'm doing feels good. You got a great concept, video game. It's gorgeous. Holy crap. I'm looking at the pictures on Steam. Like, it's got a great fucking premise where, like, everything on the right-hand side of the screen is taking place in the future. Everything on the left-hand side of the screen is taking place in the past. And everything in the middle is taking place in the now. And that applies to battle as well. Hmm. Wild. Yeah, so you could like in like you could throw water on an enemy in the past and then toss them to the future and they'll rust. Cute. It does shit That's like that. Cute. But everything but that uh, game but that game feels terrible and I would not advise playing yeah. it. I got it for ten dollars at GameStop. Oh good. And it was, was like, brand new. Oh, it like, was brand new, by the way. Still in the package. So it- it is forty dollars on Steam. Uh, and I also, I, and I didn't even remember. I like, I, oh wait, this is in my fucking Epic Games library. I got it for free, <laughs> so I still ended up giving them ten dollars for it. Son of a bitch! But that's not, those are not the ga- the video games I played. I okay. played a video game that mm-hmm. I finished called The Cruel King and the Great Hero. Mm. Um, so this game is very much framed as sort of a fairy tale RPG story. Um, it's like that there was once. This great hero, and he battled a dragon that's a demon king, and he triumphed. However, instead of killing the demon king, he cut off one of his horns and let him live. And over the years, like the the former demon king and the the great hero, they became friends. Mm -hmm. Um, That's wholesome. And at some point, the great hero suffers a fatal wound. And in his final moments, he asks this demon king that he's become friends with to look after the daughter that he had just had because you know, he wants him to raise... He, he, want, he wants to, this former demon king to raise his daughter. So you play as you. Her name is you, Y-U-U. Now mm-hmm. he's the, the great hero's daughter. 
And it's her dream to grow up and become a great hero like her dad. And in order to do that, she wants to slay the Demon King. So, 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 however, she doesn't know that the dragon that's raised her ever since she was a little girl, she doesn't know that, like, the demon, like, that the dra that her dragon daddy is actually the Demon King. And, like, everybody around, like, the palace has been told, you don't fucking tell her. Um, and it just, it, it's... It's very cute, uh, and the game plays out like this cute little story of you, like, growing up with monsters. Like, she grew up with monsters all her life, so she's, like, never actually been around humans, and they, they lean into that a little bit. And it's really cool when she actually meets a human for the first time and stuff. Um, and, 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 so, and she sets about an adventure to become a great hero herself, because she just, like, she wants to be a great hero, like, but first she's got to start out by just doing nice things for people, helping anyone in need, and, and like, the game kind of works you through that. From like, you know, helping people do just things around town. And she eventually gets pulled into the much bigger and more involved goings on. And it's, it's, it's all very, very charming. It's a very well told fairy tale oh, adventure. So and it, it's exactly the kind of heartwarming you want for this. This, this really, this, like the story for this game really did hit me in the feels. Like it really did get me in the end. Uh, it's really Aww. nice. It's just a really nice story. And it's amazingly charming. Like this, the the art style, the music—they're ri so ridiculously spot on. Like it's 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 like it's all it all looks and sounds like a storybook. Like it's just this very nice, soft, watercolory look to it, and everything like looks and feels really hand animated. Um, and and I think the peak of the charm of this game is how it handles use innocence, like. She doesn't have like any kind of magic or special powers or anything herself. She just like she just hits stuff with sticks and swords. Um <laughs> great which is a great Good. class, by the way. Best class that you could play. Um but like in, in a lot of the backgrounds, like when you're out adventuring, like when she goes out to go on adventures, like and and in battles, you can see the demon king lurking about in the backgrounds, <laughs> keeping an eye on her. Oh. So like, so when she does a special move, she'll like hold her sword in the air, and then like he will pop out of the background real quick and breathe fire on the sword, and she'll be no all way. and she'll be all proud of herself, and then do the attack. And but the, and they really lean into this to conceit as well because like when he's not around and she lifts her sword up to do the attack. It, it like ah. she doesn't get the fire element on it and she just looks at it and just goes eh? and it just does the attack anyway <laughs> like it's that kind of shit it's like oh my god game you're giving me diabetes stop it mm -hmm. it's absolutely adorable uh, but it, it, it is a like this is literally baby's first RPG like this is like mm -hmm. if you are like talking to a child maybe or or somebody that's maybe like maybe a little too young to get into something more more nuanced like a xenoblade or something and you want to give them oh, something yeah. to you want to give them something to kind of like oh hey here's <laughs> very simple like this game is so simple that like, all the maps are literally left and right like like the way the maps go like you navigate the only way you navigate in this game is left or right um is there literally no other is the entire game is one line the entire game like it's not one line because like i, I don't know if anybody here played odin sphere life through zero or not with how those uh, maps work where like one room okay. like like where you exit the left but like on the map you'll go like up 
Okay, I was thinking of Muramasa, so it's probably similar to that. Yeah, it's something like that, where, like, so you get into these, but they're just, like, long hallways. There's not a lot going on in them. They're very pretty, but there's just not, like, there's not much navigation here. Uh, Mm. Combat is very, very, very simple, very turn-based, like, just, you know, make your numbers bigger, make your attacks bigger, (laughs) you know. Um, Chapter 4 was weird for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, the game gets incredibly weirdly difficult where uh-huh. like, um, so like for the first three chapters, you get a companion who is at your level uh, to, you know, to be with you and they got their own special moves and stuff. But the thing is, it's like, oh, like they're via, they're a viable party member. You know, you get them, you, 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 it's easy to roll through those dungeons and like, you know, fight the bosses and everything. But in chapter four, they give you a character who starts at level one. And you're fighting enemies that are tuned to you being, like, level 18 or 19. And the problem is, is that these enemies can attack your new character and kill her in one hit until she's, like, level 7. And it, it took me literally an hour and a half to get this character to be viable in combat and oh, oh no real bad oh no yeah it made me real butt mad um and i hated this chapter um mm-hmm. it, 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 because it's just miserable it's literally just a dice yeah. roll like it, and, and like if the character's dead at the end of combat she doesn't get experience which i don't even know why that's a thing in this game i don't know right. why characters just don't always get experience because even games that are much harder and much more nuanced than this game still have like systems where even if characters are dead they still get exp like and I and like mm-hmm. I don't know why that wasn't a thing in this game. That feels like a really big oversight because for me, this just bogged the fucking game down to a halt. Yeah, it just seems like a really weird call. Yeah. Just but, like and it seems like something you pick up on playtesting pretty that's easily. What you would think. Um, uh, but yeah, it weird. just kind of, I got to that point and it's like, oh, like, and I was ha- like really good first impression. Like I'm 10 hours in having a good time. And then just, and I'm telling Twitter all about the good time I'm having. And literally 20 minutes later, <laughs> I hate this fucking game. <laughs> the poly Twitter experience. That is the poly Twitter experience <laughs> of playing video games. That game. is definitely yeah. the poly Twitter experience. Yeah, the 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 Twitter ex- the the live play Twitter experience for me is always a fun thing. I think I enjoy it a lot. It's a roller coaster, believe me. Um, yeah. but but I but like after- I like getting the things getting the things getting those feelings kind of raw as they happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I try cool. to be as nuanced as I can because I want. It's like I'm not bitching because the game's hard. Because that's mm-hmm. not what I'm trying to get across here. Is that oh, I don't like it because it's hard. It's like no, yeah. here are things I think are badly designed about it. Here, like I, I want it to be reasoned. You know, I don't like mm-hmm. be I don't like people that just say shit sucks online and that's their only fucking judgment about it. That's all they can tell you. So I want to yeah. be able to tell you in a lot of words <laughs> why this feels mechanically bad right now. Mm-hmm. Um. But thankfully, the game pulls up after that. Like, just chapter four is a rough experience. Um, uh, and, I've, and, and like, 
it's got a sat like a satisfying conclusion, a real satisfying group of final <laughs> boss fights. Like it's got a good climax. This game is totally fine. Um, I don't think that it blew me away in the way that like I had been led to believe that it might. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, but like the story and the story and charm are definitely on point. I just think that like if you are an experienced RPG player and you want any kind of meat on the bone you're not gonna get it because like i said all the navigation is like back and like left and right all the side quests are bad fetch quests and they are required for the true ending which i did not which i did not get i looked at it it was just like all of the quests are this fucking bad and, and it's bad because Brutal. they like they, they they make you backtrack as far as they possibly can in the most fucking annoying ways possible where like they've put the fast travel point in but the part that you need to go back to is still so far away from the fast travel point that it just feels awful to slog back because random fights are still happening. Uh, and then the enemies might not always drop the items you need. And I and that is that is something that I will never uh, fuck. Like I will always say, "Oh, okay, your game your your design here is bad." If you give me a quest that requires a specific item and that item only has a small chance to drop for an enemy, you have made a bad quest. You have made an enemy of me. <laughs> yeah, you have made an enemy of me. Like, oh, yeah, okay, you just you've just given up. If that is your quest design in your video game, you just hit the quit button. Especially when it's something you have to do to get like a story progression. Yeah, like, that's yeah, rough. yeah. I just looked the that fucking. I just looked up the extra stuff, and, and it wasn't even worth it. It was just an epilogue where you can walk around and talk to NPCs. I was like, oh, okay. I'm not really cool, missing cool. that much. Cool, it, cool. Yeah, like, like the Cruel King and the Great Hero. It's fine but again like if you play more meaty rpgs uh this probably isn't gonna do much for you despite the fact that it's got a really great and cute um framing and everything it's it, it's got all that yeah. stuff but ultimately you know you, you could probably skip yeah, this you sound a little fine. warmer you sound a little warmer now than you did the the first time around it feels like yeah. uh, it feels like you got a little bit more to nice things to kind of absolutely like this this game's charm and 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 especially you as a character fantastic Mm -hmm. like and i said i really love the climax of the game i think it's really really well done um the way that they cap that story off is also just really really well done like it's like they do a lot of good things it's just the game that you have to play to see all of these things is just (laughs) not the most fun thing Mm -hmm. in the world unfortunately Mm mm-hmm but yeah, that's the cruel king and the great hero. Cool. Hey, John. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, John, I do believe you've got to. <laughs> you're gonna send um, some I people nice, home. I, no, no, wait, no, no, no. Let's delay things a little bit. I um, I found I played a nice itch VN. Oh yeah, actually. Um, and it kind of fits in with the segment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called Dead Girls Notebook. Okay. Um, I played this, and it's just. Um, it's kind of a jam game. It's, it was made like over a a pretty compressed time period while being like a two hour game. So like, I think that, I think that's good to understand going into it because that can help. Um, cause like it, it feel it it was sort of made as like 10 sort of as like an anthology of like 10 smaller stories. Um, 
But like the way it all came together, this is a personal story about basically like being in college and discovering uh, and like falling in love with somebody, but not communicating it and being gay and getting into kink. Um, and also while also having a bunch of like magical realist elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just like extremely cute. I had a really nice time with it and a couple other friends played and had a good time with it too. So I put that in the chat. Um, uh, I think the ending is, it's probably too saccharine. It's probably too sweet. Mm. Um, but like, I feel like there's a level of too sweet ending where it like kind of retroactively wrecks it for me. Um, and then there's ones where it's just like, ah, it is nice. It's still nice. Bad still end nice. theater. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking bad end theater. This is not, this fell on the other end of the line from bad end theater. Mm. Um, for for me, so I liked it. I thought it was really cute. It's also comically inspired by Higurashi. It's so it's got so much Higurashi energy. Oh, this one, okay, yeah. Um, I it's I I this is something I kind of thought of. I like um that I've been playing multiple HVNs lately that have that kind of lineage, specifically ones that even pull from when they cry, mm-hmm. and it, it feels nice because. I think that sometimes these sorts of communities can get a little insular where everybody is playing, everybody's making sweet queer HVNs and the games we're being inspired by are other sweet yeah, HVNs. Yeah, that's kind of like, I, 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 I've gotten nothing against that tone and I got nothing against that community, obviously, but like mm. I'm just over them. <laughs> yeah, that's me and a lot of RPG maker stuff is like, I... All right, it's it's a horror adventure game where yeah. you go around and there's and there's jump scares and oh, it's a it's a you may Nikki like where you explore dream world. That's cool. And I'm like enjoy playing other games. They're like, hey, this is inspired heavily by Paladin's Quest or whatever. Just right. like some weird old shit having having a little more his, history to kind of the new traditions. I think is something that I I like a lot. Um, I never, I never plot out how I want to talk about these things. <laughs> Are we in it? I think we're in it. I think we in it. Are we in um, it? Okay. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about some arrow gaze actually. Uh Oh, all right. If you don't want to listen to somebody talk about games with the pussy and the penis, I think it goes a little further than that. And a lot so further read. than the pussy and the penis, maybe. I'm going to read. I'm going to read part of the warning from one of the games. This game contains extreme expression and then extreme expression is in bold. It may cause discomfort or offense, so please take cautions. All violent and illegal acts de- depicted will be subject to just punishment under the law if carried out in real life. Absolutely do not emulate them. There you go. So so if you want to duck out uh, of, okay. the, of this episode, we understand. Mm-hmm. And we will. This is our first rodeo here. We, yeah, this is not every our six first, months for years now. Yeah, we've done this before. Well, like I literally talked about an arrow gay like the first of the year. Oh, so. what was yours? Mine was uh, my, yeah, mine was the, the weird yandere one that was kind of weak. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just didn't that. do it. Just didn't do it. All right. Um, well, <laughs> I think earlier in the week I started getting a little bit brain poisoned because there was 
not just that I'm playing and enjoying Aerogaze for basically like two and a half, three weeks straight Mm -hmm. and very little else, Uh. but also that there was like, um, that there was like a lot of shit coming or like a YouTuber made a, made a history video about some Aerogaze. I think Noel, Speedy Noel and it got taken down by YouTube, even though it was heavily censored and thoroughly educational. Um, some more stuff with steam banning a, commercial release from that's, nitro plus yep. that's not even porn not even porn yeah. and the <laughs> other games in this series are on steam uh yeah exactly it's just like the the level of contempt that corporations have for like 18 plus adult expression yeah or and also just racism towards Japanese games in oh, general. Oh, yeah. Like, it's and, like, a lot of it is all of them straight in that up, broad brush. They don't say it, but the fact that it happens so consistently with Japanese games, there is a Japanese bias and there is racism involved. I you will not back me yeah, down 10, from 000%. it. thousand percent. Yeah, absolutely. So I started getting kind of like, yeah. it's actually it's actually heroic that I'm playing these games. <laughs> actually heroic that i'm talking about friends with these games and i kind of um and i just get i just get on weird brain spirals sometimes because these games get gnarly oh yeah they do these ones in particular um and i just think and and i had to think about like there's some friends that post about eric on main and they have a good time and it's like do i want that because like these are I, these have become an increasingly large part of like my media diet for the last couple three years now. Mm-hmm. There's something I really like, and I'm enjoying learning about the history of. And I think that my boundary is just like these aren't really conversations I want to have with that many strangers. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not out of. I think these game. I think that it's morally wrong to play these games or for them to exist. Um. I think porn is great. I think I, I especially admire friends who are coming out with erotic works like that. The dead, um, the dead girls notebook game has some kind of arrow content. And then the creator has explicitly made other games about exploring like masochist feelings mm-hmm. as a queer woman. And I think that's fucking dope as hell. Um, Tom putting out chorus, Tom putting out another chorus game later soon. Um, I think that kind of exploring exploration is really cool and positive. Um, and I, I also feel like corporations having a, the way corporate, when corporations, the, the weapons that corporations use to punish creators of adult works are always going to fall disproportionately on minorities, minority creators, whether that's queer creators or yep. like racial minorities, like Japanese developers. Yep. Like, I, and I think that just goes into like the broader conversation of like criminalizing sex work, criminalizing adult, adult stuff. And then using that to just try to legislate, basically legislate queer people out of existence. Mm. Cause for a lot of folks, that is their that's way the of surviving. Yep. So I feel a kinship. I, to me, it's all just tied together. The whole machine of mm-hmm. hating 
adult art and then hating queer people and hating queer art yeah. and hating minority art. It's all part of like the big fascist machine of like, if we can control how people fuck, then we can control everybody. And yep. then that's all we need. Um, uh, so anyway, I played a game where you get um, uh, sexually enslaved and you have to fight in a coliseum to try to um, rescue yourself from being enslaved at the coliseum. It's called <laughs> Crimson Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Manga Gamer. I'm going to post this one in our chat. I'm Go not Manga post it Gamer! Yeah, love, gotta love Manga Gamer. So this is actually by Kagura Games, which I thought was a developer, because uh, that's how it's labeled on the site, but they are actually a publisher. Mm-hmm. And they basically just publish a shit ton of RPG Maker stuff. Um, and I've sampled a few of these before, and a couple of them, like I played one where you are a girl trapped on a desert on a on a desert island. Mm-hmm. In order to escape, you have to breed with all the different monsters on the island. And I I was impressed with a lot of the mechanics and theming, but it wasn't really my thing so much. Mm. This was this this resonated with me more. Um. Because this is essentially a game where you are, um, it's it's a whole game built around eight boss fights. Like everything in the game is about getting to the end of these, bo- uh, getting winning these coliseum battles, mm-hmm. and so so you're essentially like trying to grind, trying to build up your strength so that you can take on the next boss. And the whole game takes place over twenty in-game days, mm-hmm. so you have a limited. You have every everything you can do that raises your power takes up time, um, and the game world changes depending on what time of day it is. So there's so much just density to like exploring the different areas um, on different kinds of day, um, making your character stronger, finding all the ways to make your character stronger because getting money t- takes time, get leveling up your stats takes time, um, all so that you can get strong enough to beat the next boss. Um, there's a big custom battle system because it's one-on-one battles yeah. and it has this very cute skill system where you put skills onto a six-sided dice, onto a six-sided die, and then you roll, instead of using your skills, you can either attack or you can roll the die. Uh. Um, and healing is a skill, attacking is a skill. So the way it plays out is like, you're not so much concerned about moment-to-moment strategy, you're concerned about how your probability placement on the die plays out over the course of the battle. Yeah. So like I've had, I had multiple battles near the end game where I lost when I had uh, like three to three physical attack to healing ratio on the die. And then I won when I did four to two. Oh, no. So it's really clever like a bunch of people complain. I saw reviewers complaining about it. I liked that. I loved that you were having to, I, I love that there, you were having to like plot around the random chance. And then it meant it led to like some really tense moments where like, I'm getting hit, I'm getting hit. And then I just keep not rolling the healing over and over and over <laughs> out of pure chance. And then I finally get it like right at the end. And, and I didn't feel like the, the the randomness actually screwed me over at all except for maybe like the last couple battles mm. um in, in which case it was still fun um if, if you just kind of strategize about it i think it's really clever and classy um and you get to you get to the end and there's a whole fucking final boss 
multi-phase final boss. The final boss changes the battle music halfway through. Um, there's bosses that are set up ahead of time. And there's a new game plus feature, so you can just start from the beginning with your with your stats, uh, maintaining your stats. So if you just want to play it as kind of kind of brain dead grinding game, you can do that. That's allowed. Um, I beat it without using the new game plus at all. I felt very very pleased with myself about that because nobody's getting... better at the porn game than John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Objection. Uh huh. And and the smut. I really I really dug the smut. I, I dug the smut a lot. Do you get the smut for losing or winning? Uh, losing, of yeah! course. <laughs> oh, you know, losing. Um, when you beat—that's that's bad game design. Um, mm, I think there is a quit. There is a give up button. Oh, so you can just okay. instantly take nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine damage <laughs> at the start of a fight. I mean, why not? Sometimes you just gotta get to. You just gotta get the crank in it. Abs- yeah, I mean, Sometimes that's your luck that- is just too good. <laughs> that's obviously the the game here is because in order to play these games when these this was like 10 hours long uh this is a beefy rpg here um but obviously uh obviously you need to plan around physical limitations of the body while and while enjoying these games <laughs> this reminds me of when i played suteki no kanojo no sakuri kata i played good uh-huh. enough to just get all, like i skipped oh, all the great. bad endings somehow <laughs> And that's where all the shit was. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> um, for for a handful of the ending, I got all endings and all CGs. For a certain handful of them, I needed to look at a guide. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I needed a guide for, just getting to the true end, was there's a couple of like very hidden events you need to trigger to get the true end. The normal ending was all right, but the true end is definitely what you want to see. Mm. Um, so th- that's. I think just you can't miss anything, I think, um, except for the true run triggers if you're doing trying to beat it on your first playthrough. So you can, and you can just Google. It's like, do this on day seven, do this on day 15. You're good. So I had a good time. This is my first RPG maker, like long form RPG maker smut game. I think I played all the way through. Right. Um, so, you know, hopefully many more to come. So <laughs> many more to come <laughs> and then oh finally finally, um, finally. <laughs> so last year I played a Venical and Kichikua Rants yep. and it was always going to return to the world of Alisoft because they are they are 30, 30 year anniversary era game makers yep. uh, as it says in the at, at the start of this game and I had three paths ahead of me. I had three paths of darkness to go. Th- I could go down. <laughs> I could play Rant Six because that's the next big beefy game mm-hmm. after Kichikuo. I'm very excited about that one. Uh, I think it's pro- because like I finished the classic era and now I have the modern era, and the modern era is the one people really, really like actually. Um, and I still haven't touched any of those. I haven't touched Sengoku Rants. That's the one they got really big on on chan sites and made rants a big thing in the states um and i haven't and then eventical two because eventical one is um easily better than any xeno and trails game right and the best rpg (laughs) of of last year obviously Mm -hmm. um and i had an extremely good time with it and uh, it was fun watching maple play i I don't know if i should say people's (laughs) 
Of all the people I think you could have named, I don't think that Maple's going to be the one that cares. You mentioned that they played a porn game. Yep, they played all of Venical 1 and then played all of Venical 2. (laughs) Venical 1 is on Steam. Venical 2 is not. Wonder why. Hmm. Completely arbitrarily. Crimson Coliseum is on Steam and it's in a butchered censored version. Sure. Just ruined, no doubt. Um, Um,. so, and then that was the second path. And then the third path was to play Dona Dona, the game they released in 2020 that miraculously got a translation into English almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a point last year where they announced like multiple, they, where they put out Rants Quest 8, Rants Quest, which is Rants 8. And they put out, and then like weeks later, they put out Dona Dona just out with no announcement. It was wow. It was beautiful. <laughs> it made me so happy. This is they announced an English translation for Rants 03. That was the only remaining Rants game that hasn't been translated to English. That's the remake of three. And I loved Rants 3. I'd love to play the I love Rants 1, the remake. I'd love to play the Rants 3 remake. <sighs> so happy. I love Hellasoft so much. Um and Dona Dona is the most fucked up Alisoft game I've played. Oh no. I think it's weird because it's not, there's actually not a lot of non-con in it so far, mm-hmm. almost, almost to a disappointing extent, <laughs> but just like premise wise, um, this is, this is a game. This is mechanically a game about sex trafficking. Yeah. It is a game uh, where the vibe of it is completely bouncy and nice. It's so fucking bizarre. <laughs> It's so cute and funny. It looks like Persona. Yeah. It, it has like the it, like jazzy vibes. It's got it's this so jazzy much. vibe. The menus are very clearly inspired inspired by Persona 5. It's just like, what, what am I looking at? Um, extremely inspired by Persona 5. Uh, or extremely inspired by Persona, except infinitely better than Persona, obviously. Obviously. Uh, this is Alisoft here. Um, and like Crimson Coliseum, this is one where you are re- you are managing resources over a long stretch of time and in-game days. So this is basically alternating between a very kind of strip streamlined dungeon crawler, where you're exploring these dungeons and getting resources and progressing the story. Um, and then the battle system is very cute. Um, apparently, uh, I, I sh- multiple people said this looks like Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, and I looked at yeah. footage and I was like, ah, oh, this does look like Darkest Dungeon. Yep. I've never seen Darkest Dungeon. Maybe I should play Darkest Dungeon. Is it nah, as good as this? This is probably way better. It's probably way better. Um, and the so the, the combat is really fun. It's all based around positioning. You have like 10 characters by a ways in, but only four can be in combat at once. Um, or maybe, yeah, it was, I think it was four. Um, but you can instantly swap between any character. It doesn't use any resources. It doesn't use your turn. Um, so you're in practice, you are using everybody all the time. And I really, I really appreciate that. Real labyrinth of Toho going on here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love the cast so far. There's a great sword girl who's very serious. And then, but then who's a very serious murdery sword girl for a gang. But then she realizes she has feelings for the main character. The main character is this cold calculating accountant (laughs) (laughs) who is, who's the only one in charge of managing the sex trafficking part of the built of the, of your order of your gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the, all of the girls have a crush on him and he's just completely cold. 
all, all, not the girls, not the girl, not the trafficking ones. All the girls in your party have a crush on him. He's just completely cold about it. Yeah. Um, so it's a very different fantasy from a Venical or a Rance. Uh, he al- almost feel, it seems like he's not even enjoying himself most of the time. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, and the number crunching. And so it's between the dungeon crawling and then it's between all the sex trafficking stuff where you're managing people's stats, yeah. managing looks, technique, mental state. If their mental state gets too low, they become broken and then they're not really useful anymore and you can't undo that. Um, managing contraception, pregnancy similar. And just, and then, so you, every time, every day, you can use up a day to go to, um, to either hustle or go to the, or hunt. Because <laughs> you can collect the girls like Pokemon yeah. in the dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Um, so this is the most fun you can possibly have with making numbers go up, <laughs> oh, I think, okay. in the world. Yeah. That's my, that's what my what else? There's no other way to have fun. This is the it's, way to go. I, there's other ways to have fun making no. numbers go up. This is the most fun to, you can have making numbers go up in a video game. The systems are the most delight, are the most horny part of this for me. Wow, is, Noisy uh, Pixel reviewed this, and they're kind of mainstream. Weird. Um, this is, like, again, a lot of the porn is pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Um, even even compared with, like, a Venacle. Um but the systems themselves are extremely Needy. hot. And that's sort of a weird experience, I mm. think. So I'm having a, a lot of fun. This will probably show up on the game of the year list. <laughs> I think the I think the I think the thing that makes me I, I think I would feel better going into the segment and going into it in general, like um I think this one even compare with like of Enical and other Alisoft stuff. It just has too too many of the main characters in your party look like kids. And I don't like that. Uh, yeah. That's, That's just like it wasn't the case in the classic Alisoft stuff in the nineties. Like Yeah, that, like very, those were rarely ever they rarely ever they, went that way. They rarely ever dipped into pedo shit. And then once you get to the tens, like that's a much more common theme. And it, there's some good chunk of that in a venicle and there's more here there's probably mm. the most of any alice of stuff i've played so that's that's unfortunate and that's why that's i think that's why i still feel bashful going in here because that's like i can i can very freely talk about feeling defense I, I can very feel like i can morally defend non-con stuff all yeah. day yeah sex trafficking sim that's fine <laughs> who cares that's all fun that's all fun the the pedo shit's just gross yeah, and, it's that, and I, I don't really know how to talk about that. Yeah. So Wow, way to double standard. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's I like that's I I, I think um I kind of broke my brain on the private Twitter like trying to thread the needle on like yeah. how do I defend how do I def- how do I defend these games in my head from all this other bullshit and then also acknowledge like yeah this this sucks. It's, it is just in kind of an intrinsic double, intrinsic double standard of engaging with a lot of air gays because a lot of them have this shit and it yep. sucks. Like, it's just kind like of like plus VNs playing, playing a lot of it. Yeah. Like it's just kind of part of the spice that makes up that meal now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, the sex trafficking systems are very good. <laughs> Put that on the back good. of the box. The sex trafficking systems are very good. Yep. So, again, maybe one of the most, maybe one of the most fucked up ones I brought up on here, <laughs> I think. Pretty messed up. It's pretty up there. Uh, I think I've talked about Song of Sia a, a good ways back. That one's very messed up. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's expression. This shit's messy and weird. But I, I, I'm glad that this is a space where I can chat about it. We're all we're all here to support one another in our various kinks. Hey man, so long as so long as the sex trafficking systems are good and meaty, you know. <laughs> They're very make, meaty. Make those are, those are the up. best porn those are the best porn ones because you the on certain dungeons there are special uh, girls who appear in battle with like a golden shine on them. Oh and they're the ones that you can get and then they have their own special. They're event, the ones that PG will cry way more. Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> Good time. I needed to detox for several days. I was getting too arrogate brained. Yeah, I can see that happening. I think sometimes. Did you finish you... this one? No, no, this long. This yeah, was this is like long hours. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I got like 15 hours in. I, I think that the way to talk about these things is not to get fucking on a high horse about that's it that's the problem defensive. i usually run into with a lot of sex stuff and it's just yeah. that's that's the attitude i run into and then i just immediately tune out because it's just you can't you can't engage with those people you can't there's no way that you can talk about this stuff in a way that isn't their way of thinking mm-hmm. um, like like another like like all that stuff about the evil corporations and everything like yeah that all sucks on the other hand like these games got really big and popular on chan sites over here like that's how rants became a thing here is they got really big on 4chan yeah and there is a lot of poisonous culture associated with this stuff absolutely so like when you bring up rants like there's a bunch of people that are like you're just a you're just a basic I can't believe you're you're letting just a little bit of rape porn get in the way of enjoying these incredible, <laughs> amazing RPGs. And it's like, I, yeah, fuck on, dog. Can Chill. I say when I was on 4chan back in like was it 2008 or whatever on the mm-hmm. JP board, and I would see these rant screenshots from Sengoku all the time, just like the menu and the world map, having no idea what it was. <laughs> like they generally did seem like it was just about the game. Which is wild. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the games are really good. The stories are really good. The systems are really considered. The production values are kind of wild for a lot of these. There's just this little hurdle you you need to know know, about. We know know that. We can enjoy that. I'm not going to, but I think telling people, oh, jump in, even if the porn bothers you, I think that's, that's, there are other strategy games to play. There are so many other video games you can play. You can play. There are a lot of grand strategy games, and they, there are a lot of other grand strategy games out there. And you don't know that because you only played the one with porn. There you go. And I know that because I'm in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> so this was this is a long. This week was a lot of thinking hard about like how what's my relationship with these games? What's my relationship with having to, wanting to talk about them? So 
There you go. That's my. That was my evil segment. There you go. Required the evil, evil the segment dark, every six dark months. Dark fest. Every six months or so, and I just like. I was about to say just like there's a Toho segment, but then I haven't actually had a Toho binge in a while, which is kind of sad. I need to do. One, I want to know. Just came out. There is a streak that we're on that mm-hmm. I want to know how long it goes back now, uh, because I think that for a number of years. Falcom has appeared on this podcast in every single episode. And I think that it like they have been mentioned in passing or we have directly talked about their game. I think that there has not been an episode where Falcom's name has not been mentioned in at least three years. I think you're probably right. And I said I speci- about magical poppin an unrelated super. You, yeah, and I almost brought that, brought that up then. Tingles. I literally almost brought that point up then. Mm-hmm. Better than trails. <laughs> Better than trail. And again, like that's sort of what was like, yeah, like like we cannot go an episode without Falcom or a Falcom reference making its way in. And I'll goddamn guarantee you it's three or four years long. I think Red, Red talking about going into Xenoblade 2 on a, after after a string of trails games. Oh right. I did mention Yeah. Oh my god. It ju- like just it is something that I have been thinking about for a long time and I've never mentioned it, but you're gonna notice it every fucking yeah, time. Great. Now. Well it'll be real easy once I get to Cold Steel 4. Like, yeah. Gonna happen. Yeah, that'll happen like next year when anime gets boring again. <laughs> Maybe someone is like, well, once I finish Xenoblade 3, then I can get back to the real shit of Cold Steel 4. Right. It's a good game Someone's waiting gonna, for I, you, though. I, I, need to, I need to finish Xenoblade 3 so I can get back to Rant's Quest. Yeah! <laughs> I love y'all the best. Yeah. That's my segment. Yeah. So that, I do believe, is another one in the can. So I want to thank everybody for listening and hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for downloading. It is always very much appreciated. John Thire, tell the internet folks at home where they can find you. Uh, farawaytimes.itch.io and in PC, on, on PC Gamer. <laughs> yeah, in PC Gamer. It's on the website now, so you can look it up. John's Fuck. linking it as so we speak. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, the micro RPGs offering new perspectives on the genre's overstuffed epics. There you well, go. That's not at all related to some of the games we talked about here. Yeah, <laughs> I actually did, I think. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Brett, where can the internet find you? MyAnimeList.net. Watch more anime. There you go. That's all you need to do. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash polyhead where I do various VTuber stuff. And that's where this podcast airs. And I'll probably be doing a stream or two this week. I think I want to play some games. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, And we will catch you again in another few weeks. So thanks for coming by. Thanks for downloading. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.